0: Danielle McCartan, Sports Radio, 101.9 FM, The Fan, W-F-A-N.
1: Good morning, New York sports fans. I'm Danielle McCartan, McCartan after midnight, and I'm going to be talking all things New York sports with you till 6 a.m. on this early Sunday morning or late Saturday night if you're still out and about in the city that never sleeps. I got to be honest, there was uh, nobody out there. It is cold outside. Maybe, of course, and we, I'm just checking, it's 25 degrees right now here in New York City, or maybe you're possibly working on a weekend, like usual. Me and Nick are, too. He's taking your calls tonight. You guys know that number, 877-337-6666. Let's load him up with your best content only, please, tonight. Thank you. Coming to you live from the Mike Francesa studio here in Lower Manhattan, and we're going to be together a lot tonight, you and me, till 6 a.m. Uh, later tonight, I, after I was dropped by an Arizona Cardinals representative at the very last minute. My beatboxing segment is back. Later tonight, you're going to hear Browns beat reporter Daryl Ryder from 92.3 The Fan, our sister station out in Cleveland, duke it out with Super Bowl-winning New York Giants wide receiver and New York Giants TV host now, Brandon London. Don't forget that you guys get to crown a Listener's Choice winner on my Twitter, at CoachMCCARTA, and while you're listening live as well. So the Saturday bowl game action, yeah. So there were two interesting bowl games, uh, even for the casual football fan and, you know, for the Jet fan, let's just say. I, I watched it very casually as I got my things together for, for, um, for you guys tonight. It was definitely on in the background. In the first game of the day, number four, Ohio State defeated number 14, Northwestern in the Big Ten championship. The score was 22 to 10. Senior running back, Trey Sermon, 331 rushing yards, which is the record for a Big Ten championship and Ohio State. I got to tell you, Justin Fields continues to not really impress me as this. I'm putting major air quotes here generational talent. Sure, he's a dual threat, which is nice, which is the way of the future but there was a heavy reliance on the running game. Uh, sermon broke Eddie George's record, they said on a broadcast, and the Jets don't really have an above-average running attack at the moment if, in fact, we want to input Justin Fields into their, their roster. I like to watch these guys in high-pressure situations, not in regular season, fluffy competition. Fields threw a red zone interception, and it was a bad one. Ohio State was down 10-6 to at this point, and he threw the ball into the end zone in a single coverage, collegiate level, single coverage, and it was picked off in a miraculous catch by Brandon Joseph with no return. The problem I have with this is this. The fact that this was a surefire touchdown pass if Fields leads the receiver to the corner and throws it to the correct shoulder. Instead, he threw it to the shoulder closest to the defender, and as a result... It was intercepted. That isn't fundamental football. Couple that with the fact that I don't like looking up at the TV every so often, and Justin Field is operating out of the shotgun most every single time. I, there's got to be a way to figure out a stat on that, how many times he operates out of the shotgun versus under center, because that's not NFL football. Field, in a bowl game, finished with a, a bowl game versus the 14th-ranked opponent, by the way, finished with 114 passing yards. average yards per completion, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. Then you got Trevor Lawrence in his ball game. And admittedly, I was flipping between that game and the Bills-Broncos game. Honestly, Clemson-Notre Dame was over by the end of the first quarter, as far as I'm concerned. It was quite boring. That's all I really needed to see. The more I see Trevor Lawrence play, the more I get excited for the New York Jets and their future. With the new king of the AFC East clinched tonight, earlier tonight I should say the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen the Jets have the potential to make this interesting for years to come with Trevor Lawrence one to call here's to the
2: losers
1: bless them all bless the New York Jets Frank Sinatra the Jets are still looking to lock up that number one overall pick in the upcoming draft Trevor Lawrence eyes on the prize everybody Jets fans are still looking to remain winless They've got a Frank Sinatra toast to the Jets this weekend, everybody. Here's to the losers. Bless them all. Except for Connor McGovern. McGovern has taken total offense to the losing. He said, this is a quote, It might be easy for someone sitting on the couch eating pizza, chips, and dip to say that they should keep losing, but they've never strapped the pads on. That's an impossible thing for me to do, so I'm going to do whatever I can to win. Well, Mr. McGovern, I kicked a field goal once and made it. Listen, I know he's a professional athlete. He's a competitor, obviously. He, you know, he can't say otherwise. He's in it to win it, right? But he clearly isn't well read or well versed in the long-standing suffering of New York Jets fans, not making the playoffs in ten seasons with one Super Bowl appearance, and and a win, and still looking for the next franchise quarterback since Joe Namath. Connor Mcgovern is. Dashing your hopes, Jets fans. And as weird as this sounds, you deserve a winless season. Don't let him crush your hopes and dreams for the long-haired savior number 16, Trevor Lawrence. According to Tankathon, the Jets have still got it. Looking at the other end of the standings, of course, the Jacksonville Jaguars are still one game behind the Jets. And if the season ended today, the winless Jets would receive the number one overall pick, over the one-win Jaguars, if it ended today. There should be no chance of a win later today versus the L.A. Rams. The Jets are 17-point underdogs, last I checked, and it varies a little bit, depends on where you look. However, if the do if the Jets do win a game against um, Bill Belichick and New England Patriots over the last weekend of the season, uh, I, I consulted NFL operations for this. If there's a tie, basically, between the Jets and the Jaguars okay, in the the number of wins. There's a number of stipulations and scenarios, but this is the one that applies. If both the Jets and the Jaguars at the end of the season are tied with the same number of wins, the team with the lower opponent winning percentage would get the higher draft pick. In this scenario, sorry, New York, but Jacksonville would get the top pick. So let's look at the remaining games to compare if there are any winnable games for either team. For the Jets, I'm looking at Rams-Browns-Patriots and a combined winning percentage of 6-15. And and by the way, the winning percentage they look at is the the one for the whole season. Winnable game, probably I'm circling the Patriots. Let's see. The remaining Jacksonville schedule, you know, they they have a better chance than the Jets to to win a couple games here. And I'm going to circle the Bears. And they're... Opponent combined winning percentage is 590. So they could win another game more so than the Jets could. The big question is, would Trevor Lawrence want to come to play for the New York Jets? Will Lawrence pull an Eli Manning on draft day? I told you for weeks to wait until the source himself had something to say about it. Finally, the primary source has spoken. Trevor Lawrence on the Dan Patrick show earlier this week said, I know some of the stuff I say sounds cliche, but just to have the opportunity to go somewhere, blah, 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 help someone rebuild, if that's what it is, or whatever, and just win. So that is something I love doing, end quote. Add another ACC championship to his resume after tonight's blowout versus Notre Dame. How crazy. Clemson lost to Notre Dame in November in two overtimes, 47-40, to without Lawrence. And then they handily defeated number two Notre Dame Saturday night, earlier tonight, 34-10, with Lawrence.
3: On the wrong because I've been
4: wrong about a million times, but I got thing right. You
1: got Thank you to Marshmallow and Kane Brown, the New York Mets. They have made some things wrong. They've gotten some things wrong, which is the Robinson Cano trade being the, probably the most recent one of them. But they definitely got one thing right, and that's James McCann. He's finally officially confirmed as the newest member of the New York Mets in what seems to be a very active offseason for Steve Cohen and company. He's got a, four years at $40.6 So let's round it up to 41. Four years, $41 million. Some takeaways from his introductory Zoom press conference. He said, everything is trending in the right direction. I really didn't need any selling. Let's cue up the DJ Khaled another one, another Met to say that. He said, I look forward to the next four years of being a Met, and we'll see how many championships we can win in that time. Ding, ding, ding. If you're a Met fan, that's a big one. And here's a big one for me. He said, I want the numbers to be my foundation in terms of um, analytics. But then I want to trust my eyes in the game. It has become so numbers-based and so heavily focused on defensive metrics and analytics. If you have to be able to sift out what's important and what's not. The way I look at the metrics is that's my foundation. I told you week in and week out right here. James McCann was the best way for either the Yankees or the Mets at catcher. The Mets made the move. While the Yankees are still hoping for Gary Sanchez to have a career bounce-back year, and as I've already told you, McCann is a pitcher's best friend with his glove and his defense. He's in the 88th percentile in pitch framing, but you already knew that because you listened to my show. And you're seeing the reactions of the Mets pitchers coming in. We talked about what Marcus Stroman had to say. McCann responded a few days later, and he said, I can't wait to get to work with these guys, especially Stroman, special group of players. Stephen Matz said, during quarantine, he caught me twice a week. I threw six or seven bullpens to him. I was following McCann's free agency all along, just hoping that we signed him because he's such a great guy. He's such a hard worker. And then McCann confirmed that, that him and Brad, uh, that, that Stephen Matz and Brad Brock, saying that he's worked with both of them over the past couple of winters. McCann said, I actually been catching their bullpens for the last two or three off seasons. So they're guys I've already had a pretty good relationship with. Well, analytics helped his pitch for aiming abilities immensely. He, like me, appreciates the blend between them both. And he said, especially in a day and age where everything is measured with a metric through analytics, there's one thing that we haven't, as a baseball community, come up with a value for. The relationship between a catcher and a pitcher. Still think JT Real Muto is your guy? I want to hear from you. What's next on your wish list, Mets fans? No, No, Taylor Swift. The Giants are not out of the woods. The Giants are not in the clear yet. In fact, with last week's 26-7 beatdown loss to the Arizona Cardinals, the Giants could have found themselves completely out of the woods. But in fact, they decided to take a more circuitous route to potentially winning the NFC East. Here's how we all stand on the Giants' playoff watch. Entering play today. Today, without any games having been played yet, Washington has a 73% chance to win the NFC East. The Giants are at a 15%. Some good news from the, for the Giants from Adam Schefter. Washington football team is ruling out quarterback Alex Smith for Sunday's game due to his calf injury and that Dwayne Haskins is going to start against the Seahawks. Haskins won his first game as a starter in 2020, then lost the next three, which sent him to the bench. He's got four touchdown passes and three interceptions on the year, so there is hope for the Giants. The Week 15, how this shapes up. Giants play the Browns, as you know. Washington football team plays the Seahawks. Scenario A, They both win. There's not much of a change in the percentages. Scenario B, they both lose. There's also not much of a change in percentages. Scenario C, if the Giants win and Washington loses, the Giants bump up to a 47% chance to win the NFC East, Washington at 40. Giants are still alive. Play on. Scenario D, though, if the Giants lose and Washington wins, The Giants only have a 2% chance to win the NFC East. Washington, 95. Put a fork in the Giants at that point. And they're going to have a tall task later today against the Cleveland Browns as James Bradbury there, in my opinion, Pro Bowl cornerback is going to be out after being deemed as a close contact for COVID. Evan Ingram is questionable. And all signs are pointing to a Colt McCoy start. And that is all but official as daniel jones he's been limited in practice all week with a hamstring ankle combination so it's going to be colt mccoy at quarterback and 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 just so you know the giants saturday evening added two quarterbacks to their active roster so there's that indication too colt mccoy will be under center for the new york giants Every time, just keep breathing. After my show concluded last weekend, but early on this past week, reports came out that the Yankees and DJ LeMahieu were more than $25 million apart. And that's entirely worrisome. And I'm not sure Yankees fans even want to take Ariana Grande's advice to just keep breathing. DJ, in the latest reports, is seeking five years at $110 million, And the Yankees seem to be stuck at four years at $84 million. Here we are. Another week, another non answer, another non starter to the Yankees offseason, and another week of frustration among the fan base. What's new? Well, Cashman said he's this winter's priority. DJ LeMay, he was a big piece of a championship team. And so we're certainly not dipping in our toes in, in various waters until we get a feel for how he declares himself. Is anybody else tired of hearing that? Raise your hand. I see you in your cart raising your hand. That's fine. But if I'm a Yankees fan, I mean, Almost, I would be almost ready to hit the panic button here. LeMahieu is going to have to get paid no matter where he goes. He's going to get his money. Pretty much that's a fact. The Blue Jays are serious bidders. The Reds are interested. The Nationals have shown interest. The whole damn league has. And don't forget that the New York Mets and Steve Cohen, whose MLB spending budget was not really affected by the pandemic to the extent other teams has, because he came in you know, after everybody, they could just swoop in at any time and pull the rug out from under Brian Cashman. The Yankees are walking a dangerous fine line of playing hard to get versus just going out and doing it. At what point does D.J. LeMahieu get fed up or even disrespected? There is no need to play hardball here. D.J. LeMahieu, as we've talked about on here, is invaluable to the New York Yankees and he, because he represents a philosophical shift in their collective team mentality at the plate. An approach at the plate. In fact, the Yankees need more guys like D.J. LeMahieu and not to be on the precipice of letting one go. And while the Knicks and the Nets are eyeing up their season openers this week after both teams fared pretty well in their preseason, Nets 2-0, and Knicks 3-1, and the NHL learned late Friday night that they will be most likely having a season. So the deal still has yet to be voted upon by the players and the board of governors, but the NHLPA's board liked it, and that's a great sign. There's many, you know. I'm gonna. Here's the main ideas of the proposal. One, the start date would be January 13th. Two, last year's playoff teams would report on January 3rd. Last year's non-playoff teams, December 31st. It will be a 56 shortened or 56 game shortened season. Number four, there's a regional divisional realignment that for all of our teams here in the in New York area, it would look like this: Bruins, Sabers then all three of our teams, then the Flyers, Penguins, and Capitals. This is obviously meant to to lessen travel. All seven Canadian teams would remain in Canada under this proposal. Travel over the border would be non-existent until the playoffs, basically. And if they cannot all play in Canada due to health restrictions, think the Toronto Raptors playing in the Tampa Bay Times Forum this season, they will have to realign the divisions yet again. So it's not set in stone. And then, you know, probably least important, I mean, it's a 23-man roster with a four- to six-man taxi squad. Kind of taking a a page out of MLB's book there. We could have an answer on this as soon as later today, Sunday, or if not on Monday, but for all intents and purposes, hockey is back. And there is a lot to do tonight, you guys, lots to get to. Let's hit the calls. Everything's on the table. Cannot wait to talk with you guys, 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan. After Midnight, on the fan in New York City. Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight here on The Fan in New York City. It is week 15, believe it or not, week 15 in the NFL season. Uh, Both the Jets and Giants could be done at the end of the regular season. We have yet to see that. Definitely the Jets will be done. Let's let's just put that out there. Um, But the Giants Giants still have a chance to, to win the NFC East as crazy as that sounds. But the Jets are in their own sort of playoff. The Jets are in a playoff with the Jacksonville Jaguars for the number one overall pick in the draft, and obviously it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, the more you watch him, the more you like him, especially in, in in high pressure situations. I'll be honest; I haven't tuned into every single game of his or every single game of Justin Fields. But like I said in the open, I tune into the the high pressure games, and when I look at stat lines, when I look at how they play, I mean. Trevor Lawrence is head—right now, right now, my initial assessment is that Trevor Lawrence is head and shoulders above Justin Fields. Now, I know this is a scenario Jets fans don't want to encounter. However, if the um, Jets—how do we say this? If if the Jets don't get the first overall pick, then do they take Justin Fields? I am not ready to answer that question. I would like to um, first— confer with a, a few scouts and, and see. I, I want to know their opinion, their assessment, and then I'll formulate my own based on what they say. I'll compile, you know, all their information, and then I'll, I'll, I'll make my own opinion on that. So I'm not ready to cross that bridge just yet um, in the same way that I'm not ready to cross the bridge of, of selecting a new Jets head coach since uh, Adam Gaye still is employed by the New York Jets as their head coach. And if you're a Jets fan, you know the reason why is because He's there to lose games. He's there. The best contribution that Adam Gase could make to this team is to go winless and set the Jets up for a a, a prosperous future with Trevor Lawrence. That's it. That's the only contribution that guy can make to this team in in all the years that he's been here. That's it. All right, let's go to the phones. 877-337-6666 in the order that you guys called. Kevin in Camden, you lead us off again this week. What's up, Kevin?
5: What's up, Coach? I want to talk about the Giants and the Jets. I'm going to start off with the Giants first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Jones, why was he playing last
1: week? Yeah, that's a good question. I do <laughs> he,
5: w- he was I mean, he was not 100%. It was clear. He couldn't run. and he, I mean, he could make some passes Yeah, He made some good passes, but he couldn't run. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the game, he
1: was limping. Yup. That, that's the key. The fourth uh, quarter was the limp. That's when you saw Colt McCoy. But uh, why was Daniel Jones playing? Nobody knows. I... No, no
5: and and mark is golden I think you mentioned him a couple of weeks ago when the Giants let him go yeah oh man that made me, oh i just I was like dang we let this guy go and he. oh that big sack in the beginning Sick. i was oh just killing me. strip
1: sack wasn't it oh I, I uh, was. yeah you
5: know yeah. it was almost a touchdown yeah. but it, it got oh but still killed me i know but Good and player. i don't i don't think and I'm sorry I know Tim disagrees with me a little bit but i, I don't think the Giants are gonna win i, I, I don't see it I I, I'm, I hope they do. I hope they do. I hope I'm wrong. But okay. I don't see it. With Bradbury being out, and he's a big part of that defense, I
2: just Huge don't see it. I don't, I
5: don't see it. I just don't see it. I hope I'm wrong but I don't
1: see it. Yep, I don't want to give away the goods just yet, Kevin, but I'll I'll hint that I am uh, more along your point of view there. I'll just yeah. give that away.
5: <laughs> and I want to make one quick point about the Jets real yeah. quick. Mm-hmm. Um, what was Adam Geese's love affair with Adam Gore last week? I don't know. I, <laughs> mean, fra- I mean, Frank Gore. I'm sorry, Frank Gore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't I, know. he was doing this so much, and I'm like, he's as old as Methuselah. Why is he playing stuff? I have all the respect for Frank Gore. He's a legendary he's a athlete, but he's as old as Methuselah. He should not be playing running the ball as much as he has. And Adam Gate if he's coaching the Jets next year, oh, whoop, Don't even I don't, go I, there. I, to, I told my uncle, I said, <laughs> I don't know if I can watch this team again. I told him, I said, I love you, uncle, but uh, Theo, I called him Theo. Theo, I can't watch the Jets. If, if Adam Gates is coaching, I can't watch him. Yeah, I'm uh, sorry. And I told him that. Yep. And I'll be, I'll be on. I'll, I'll talk to you this week. And uh, thanks for taking my call, as always. Thanks, Yeah, Coach.
1: Kevin. Thanks for the call, as always. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be on a few times this week. Uh, I actually... Uh three more times this week, my usual, this slot. And then I'm also going to be on set your calendars. Everybody I'm also going to be on Wednesday night into Thursday, two to six, and then Friday night into Saturday, two to six. And then my usual Saturday into Sunday, two to six AM that is. Um Yeah. But lots, you know, listen, I don't even know where to get Kevin. Always great points there. Uh Giants. Yes. Uh, I am hint not liking the Giants chances, especially, Mostly because of of Bradbury being out. Colt McCoy can hold his own, as we've talked about. As, you know, I did the the statistical comparison between Colt McCoy and Daniel Jones, and there really wasn't much of a drop-off, really. Um, And I still have that for, if you want me to go back over that with you guys. I feel like a teacher now. I feel like I'm back in my classroom. We can review that if you'd like. Um, But Colt McCoy could hold his own. He could. But Bradbury being out... That is a huge hole in this Giants defense because who's going to guard Jarvis Landry? Even if the Giants commit to the run fully, to stopping the run, it just opened up, it opens up the secondary to uh, to, to punishment. So uh, Giants have a tall task. I'm not sure they get it done this week. Um, you know, crazier things have happened. As far as the Jets, if Adam Gase is—because, listen, we haven't heard any indication either way if he's going to be the coach again next year or not. So— no news seems to be good news on the Adam Gase front for him personally. So, if Adam Gase is the coach of the Jets next year, I I have to find a new team. I that I, there's no way, there's no way he's going to ruin another quarterback in Trevor Lawrence or just and or Justin Fields. You know, uh, there's no way, there's no way he's going to be the coach next year. There can't be, right? Right. And as far as the Jets, they're going to get blown out uh, versus the the Rams. Uh, they're going to fly. That's, that sucks for them. They're going to, they flew all the way to Seattle to get blown out, to come back to New Jersey, to go right back to the West coast in LA and get blown out again. So it goes. Um, yeah. Paul floral park. Paul, you're on the fan. How you doing now? Dan? What's up? Yeah. Right? You, you, uh, we, we
6: love your show. And, uh, you are awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, you stole my thunder on, uh, on the, uh, your idea with uh, Adam Gase. But, but yeah, if he's still coaching his team, I, I'll I'll look for
1: another team. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the, the sentiment among uh, all Jets fans, I think. Who, oh, Paul, uh, who would be your uh, new team? I'm just curious. Uh, to DLA Chargers. Oh, you like the Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> they have nice uniforms, Paul. I love those uniforms, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. The hottest yeah, ones in the I NFL. I used to like
6: uh, Dan Fouts and okay. you know, yeah. okay. Damian Tomlinson. Yeah. Sure.
1: That was it? That was what you wanted to say about the Jets? That's it?
6: Well, yeah, pretty much. That's it. I mean, you saw my thunder on a, on a, what you were saying earlier. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, this is uh, depressing with this team.
1: I know. Yeah. I know. And, and you know what? It's going to be three more games, and then it's yeah. going to be a, a renaissance, a resurgence for the New York Jets. I guarantee it. Right. 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 As long as Adam Gase is gone there, Paul. <laughs> oh, God. Please. Please. <laughs> Paul <laughs> the plug on him. Please. Not yet. <laughs> Paul, Paul, not yet. And Thanks for the call. Not yet. Not yet until the Jets are mathematically um, the chosen ones to get the first overall pick. Then you can let him go. Until then, you keep him. And you keep the losing. How terrible is that? How how bad? How bad is that? of McGovern, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But you are going against what every Jet fan wants right now. Three more weeks of suffering after how many years? It doesn't look so bad, comparatively speaking, for Jets fans. And then the savior with the long, flowy locks will be here in New York to save the Jets. They've got something like, what is it, 18 or 19 draft picks over the next two drafts, including two in the first round in the upcoming draft, one by way of Seattle in that Jamal Adams trade. And they're going to have the second most cap space in the league in Greg Williams in, I'm sorry, in Joe Douglas, the Jets trust, right? That's, that's what it's got to be. Right. All right. Let's go to James in Monroe. James, you're on the fan. Hi. What's up? How are you this evening? I'm good. How are you? I'm
7: doing great. Listen, uh, I'm going to make my points, and then after I'm done with all my points, you can tell me what you think about all of them after that. I'll I'll just listen to you. All right, number Um, one, go. Okay, number one point, uh, let me look good in the uniform. That's number one. Number two, uh, as far as the Giants go, a lot of people after last week's game, one of the major things that the Giants did, which was the worst thing they did last week, was their special team stunk.
1: Yeah, for two weeks in a row.
7: Yes, and the quarterback stunk as well. But also, you know, you can, when you have that bad field position like they had that whole game mm-hmm. because of their kicking and everything. I mean, everything they could have possibly done wrong in special teams, they did. And not only that, but the quarterback for uh, Arizona had a really good game, and he was much healthier. You can tell he wasn't showing the effects from the injury he had three weeks before, mm-hmm. so he was on the ball there. Okay, as far as the Jets go, they're definitely going to grab Lawrence, after, especially, at, like you said, after listening to him on uh, the other show. Uh, yeah, the
1: Dan, Dan Patrick. Patrick show, yep.
7: Yes, he was like, hey, it's no big deal. Like, I, I would go to a team like the Jets. He didn't mention the Jets, but he said I would go to a team for rebuilding, yep. and that's a good goal for me to have, too, mm-hmm. which is great, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, my last point to you is that, um, first of all, I didn't wish you a happy holiday, oh. which I'm sorry I never got around that's okay. But I always write to you, and my last point to you is that you and I go back and forth on Twitter every once in a while. Mm -hmm. But the the one thing we both came into, and I said a long time ago, that the Mets should grab uh, McCann. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad they did because he was a cheaper Mm -hmm. option. And he's really not that Mm -hmm. underrated from, uh, you know, uh, Real Muto, except Mm -hmm. that Real Muto has a bigger following, And he he bats a little higher, but you know what? It's not much of a difference as far as uh, how he calls a game and how he frames pitches and how he throws. Correct. To me, it was no big deal. And it gives gives the Mets, uh, you know, a lot of cap rooms to still work what they wanted to. Yep. So those are my points to you. I wish you a happy and healthy holiday, and we'll speak again next week.
1: Thanks, James. I appreciate it. Same to you as well. Um, Yeah, I was taking notes. First point he said was LeMahieu to the Mets. LeMahieu would look good in a Mets uniform. Yeah, he would. Uh, I don't think he's a good fit. I know that sounds funny, but I don't think he's a good fit for the Mets because if, you know, second base, first base is totally locked up for the Mets between Alonzo and Smith. That's a given, okay? Second base, you got to move Jeff McNeil back to his regular position. And we did a statistical analysis a couple weeks ago. There really isn't much of a drop-off defensively, especially between McNeil and LeMahieu. You'll see. You'll see it this upcoming season. Shortstop is a question mark, but D.J. LeMay, who's not a shortstop. He's also not a third baseman. So uh, as far as that is concerned, yes, he would look great in a Mets uniform if you're a Mets fan, but there's really no spot for him. In the same way that Giancarlo Stanton at the time, to some Yankees fans, would have looked great in a Yankees uniform, but there was really no spot for him. I didn't want him at the time, and, I, you know, it's really – really handcuffing the Yankees in their financial situation moving forward. So um, in the same way, I don't think Lemayhew to the Mets would be as intriguing as, uh, with all due respect, that that you made it sound, James. And then number two, you said the Giants special teams, they stunk. The quarterback stunk. Well, Well, let me tell you this. Daniel Jones was hurt. Special teams, yes. Daniel Jones was hurt, and you saw it from the very first drive. I mean, the telltale sign was that he was not breaking off those runs when the – those signature runs, I should say, when the play broke down. He Daniel Jones is a one-dimensional quarterback from the get-go, and the Giants are not good enough. They are not talented enough to overcome something like that. And and I'll drop this stat on you right now. I was going to wait, but I'll do it now. I wrote down to myself as a note to check, you know, to go back and check. Uh, I I said – Go, Danielle, go look at D- D- Daniel Jones' total rushing yards. And I wrote probably career low. That's what I wrote down. And then I went back and checked. In fact, it was. Are you sitting down, Giants fans? Daniel Jones had exactly zero yards rushing the entire game last week. 90% of the snaps. Zero yards rushing. That's how you know. That's how you know. He was not healthy right from the get-go. And then uh, what was the next point you made? Uh, The quarterback stunk, yes. Oh, here's the other thing, and you mentioned the field position. Up until right about halftime, I wrote Giants had not run a single down in Arizona territory. They only had four first downs. Jones was sacked three times, and the Giants had two turnovers, one by special teams. And still, and yet, they were only down 13-0 at that point. Uh, McCann, yes. Your fourth point was McCann, yes. It opens up other possibilities financially, yes. I think Springer is next for the Mets. And then the Jets and Lawrence, obviously the rebuild, embracing the rebuild. Um, first overall pick, you know you're going to a bad team. That's, that's it. And I think the Jets are more of an attractive destination than the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, Not that he has a choice, I'm just saying that um, you have to embrace it. You have to embrace it because your first overall pick, you're going to a bad team. No ifs, ands, or buts. And we are going to go to a quick break. More of your calls after that, 877 I am Danielle McCartan on The Fan.
8: Join us tomorrow morning on Boomer and Geo. Did the Rams and Mercy rule the Jets? And how did the Giants do with a big test against Cleveland? What is the fallout of the aftermath of these two big games? We'll be here to discuss it. Boomer and Geo, 6 to 10 a.m. with the warm-up show with Alan Jerry starting at 5 right here on The Fan.
1: If you're a Bills fan, you're going to jump around, everybody. The, the Buffalo Bills, I got some tweets on the break. I have to read this from Victor Kreitner. By the way, you're listening to McCartan after midnight here on the fan. Uh, My Twitter at Coach MCCARTAN. Victor Kreitner on Twitter says, uh, Coach McCartan, I hope you have some nice things to say about my Bills tonight. The AFC East champs. Beware, Omar might call you to talk about the Bills tonight, Omar. We'll see. We'll see about that. Uh, And I wrote back, Yes, congratulations, Victor. Yes, the Bills are going to be a force to reckon with for years to come. How intriguing. Is Allens uh, Allens? <laughs> That's like a like the new uh, couple's name there, Allens. But I meant Allen and Lawrence. How intriguing is that matchup going to be? Here I am already dialing up uh, Trevor Lawrence to the Jets. But how intriguing would that matchup be for the years to come atop the the, the uh, AFC East? And at Rick Brody, at Rick J Brody, he says I think the Patriots are going to dump the game versus the Jets in the final week of the season and hand, hand Lawrence to Jacksonville. I wrote back. They better not. They better not. But then again, you can't put anything past Bill Belichick. I mean, he spurned the Jets once for uh, 20 years. Can you imagine if he does it again for the next 20 and handing the—I don't use this term lightly—but generational talent, Trevor Lawrence, to the Jacksonville Jaguars? Do you can you believe that? Oh my God! A thought just occurred to me as I was just sitting here, like. All right, if the Jets get number two, would they trade up to get the number one pick from the Jaguars? Or what would it take? I mean, the Jets have draft capital. to Do it. Tons of it. That's another scenario that just occurred to me. No one seems to be talking about. We'll see. We shall see. And then Thomas Provenzano, he wants me to talk about um, Henrik Lundqvist. Yes, I'm sitting here wearing my number 30 t-shirt. It's for King, uh, King Henrik. And unfortunately, he's going to be sitting out this season uh, due to heart condition. So get well to him. uh, Stay safe to him. Um, And uh, uh, the R word crept into my mind, retirement. We'll see. So after 15 years with the New York Rangers, we shall see. We shall see. And coming up a little bit later tonight, too, we shall see. I'm going to have my uh, battle of the beat reporters. I call it. Beatboxing. And we're going to pit a, a Cleveland Browns, Darryl Ryder from our sister station over there in Cleveland, 92.3 The Fan, against New York Giants, former Giants, former, well, current Super Bowl winning Giants, actually. Super Bowl winning Giant wide receiver Brandon London. And he does Giants TV and stuff. You've seen him on on, uh, on network TV talking about the Giants. They're going to take on each other in my second installment of beatboxing. So stay tuned for that. Okay, let's go back to the calls. 877-337-6666 in the order that you guys called. John in Staten Island. John, you're on the fan.
9: Hey, good morning. How are and you? You stole my thunder, Ronda. Oh, Don't no. Us, oh, sure. what? Go ahead. Tell me. What we you going to say? What's we going to do it. He's going to throw his third-string quarterback no. against the freaking New York. I'm telling you, he's <laughs> my nightmare. He's no. my nightmare. No. And, and we need a kicker, so maybe you could kick, because. Well, last week was pretty bad.
1: Well, Sam Ficken is good. back. Sergio Castillo is out. Ficken's back. So I think the Jets, I don't think they'll be calling me. But I do have a Jets helmet ready to go, just in case, if anybody in the Jets organization well, is listening.
9: I, I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm just watching the game last week. I'm like, oh, man, bring Danielle. This guy, it's like... <laughs> Well, hopefully, because this week I, I'm in fantasy and I have the Rams' defense, so I'm I'm hoping for a big game for my defense. <laughs>
1: I, I think you're going to get it. I mean, I thought the Jets were going to score at least just one touchdown last week, and they didn't. So there's that.
9: Not good to get in the red zone, and uh, John. I mean, my God, Allen. We could have had Allen. We took Donald. Oh yeah. my God. You
1: know, come. Yeah, I, but, I, you know, but- I was thinking about this, John. I, I, coming out of that draft, I do. I do a major draft workup. Josh Allen mm-hmm. was my number one quarterback coming out of that draft. I could prove it. I have the stuff to prove it. Do you believe that? He definitely
9: had, uh, I mean, broad talent. I mean, obviously, his size is unbelievable. But he just has that toughness.
1: And, and what they did, know, they but, surrounded but that, him. But, they did,
9: but that uh, that that coach is real good with him, too. I mean, and, and he has digs. I mean, yes. you know, he, he's put in the right situation. Yep. But uh, back to my Mets. Uh, you know, I was watching that press conference the other day. Oh, my gosh. Finally happy to be a mess in uh just you, you can tell they're moving forward the way they're going uh you know sandy solid uh love this guy mccann's answers the whole game the, the whole press conference i was just i felt like i was back there uh you know when uncle stevie took over you know <laughs> i'm just fo- looking forward to some of the movies they're making and uh you know i just hope the jets get like that because uh it's pretty tough to watch them and i'm just waiting for them to blow this uh they're gonna win one game. Ain't <laughs> oh. hey, nobody. I'm just hoping the Jags won one game before that. I was just gonna say because
1: that. I got the Jags Bears circled. So let's let's be Jags fans that weekend.
9: Oh <laughs> um, uh, I could just see him playing as third string quarterback. He he's gonna have nothing to play for. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's going back to when they did because uh, I wanted him as the head coach, and they 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 screwed him, and they they signed uh, Belichick.
2: Yeah.
9: Uh, I mean Parcells mm-hmm. and, Nothing personal. I just liked him as a coach. And I'm sitting in my car, waiting for the press conference, uh, all excited, (laughs) and and I resign. I'm like, what? What? (laughs) And and he's been haunting me since. Yep. And and it's going to come down to the last game of the year, and he's going to sit there and go, "Eh, let me start playing my third-string quarterback. He's just going to mess us up. And all of a sudden, Sam ain't going to see ghosts.
1: Sam Darnold's uh, uh, going to have his career best game.
9: <laughs> yeah, we, because uh, from what I heard tonight, Justin Fields took a huge step back. Was, yeah, he did. In my book, he Lawrence, did, for sure. Yes, Lawrence, and then I don't know who. Yeah, uh,
1: I know. It's kind of scary.
9: I know and, it is. Uh, all right, well, I'm, I'm looking forward. I heard that you got – because I'm, I'm like a – I work at like 4.40 in the morning till yeah 6. So. Maybe I'll get you one day in the morning. Yeah, week. cool. But I definitely look forward to listening to you. I'm hoping you get more time because,
1: to me, you and LaCalla don't get enough time. So uh, Maybe a Danielle yeah. and Sal show will be in the works. Who knows? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. He could be tough. Yeah.
9: <laughs> we'll see. But we'll you see. Definitely deserve, you definitely deserve some uh, spotlight. I think you're going to do well. And, uh, you know, I look forward to listening to you. Uh, and just as you get me up at freaking 2.30 in the morning to listen to you.
1: <laughs> well, John, I appreciate but, that. And, and, so happy
9: holidays
1: and thanks. keep shining. You too. Thanks. Not only getting up at 2.30, but picking up the phone and calling. And the number you guys know is 877-337-6666. Let's go to Dave in Texas. Dave, you're on the fan. Uh-oh, we lost Dave. We lost Dave. Uh-oh. All right, Dave, give us a call back. Tim in East Haven, Connecticut. Tim, you're on the fan.
10: Happy
11: holidays. Happy <laughs> holidays, coach. Happy holidays Christmas. to you.
1: Thank you. You
11: too. I was so positive last week when I called your show, talking about the football giants, mm-hmm. before our coach decided to wield out about a 55% Daniel Jones.
1: Yeah. Bad, I mean, he's bad not move. hes
11: not Aaron Rodgers who could play hurt, obviously.
1: Zero yards <laughs> rushing. Zero. <laughs>
11: what, what did we see in practice to make him start? Yeah. I mean, you just beat Seattle with Colt McCoy. Yep. So we could chalk this up as one big mistake for Coach Judge in his rookie season.
1: Yep. Agreed.
11: Um, I don't like looking back too much, but the one play that really annoyed me, we, we almost had a little bit of momentum, and on the third and one, Garrett calls that play. Yes. You know, yep. 40-yard out down the sideline. Yep.
1: I wrote that down. Give me a break. My, I know. I wrote Qu- that down, uh,
11: too. Atrocious call. Yep.
1: Yep. So to
11: get positive, what can we do? We got the Browns. The only way we could beat this team, we have to stop the run. We have to contain both running backs, and, and baker hunt.
1: and Baker Mayfield.
11: So that's the that's the only key. Is we could hope for a Baker Mayfield mistake. Yeah, you know, maybe Kitchens could wield some magic um, as a revenge game, mm. being let go by the Browns. And that's I one mean, of the storylines. really right? grasping at strong I n- here.
1: I know, I know. <laughs> I know you It's like at, every
11: time I pick up the phone, it's like something bad, COVID for Garrett. Yeah. Uh, on the list is Bradbury. I'm like, oh, you guys are killing me. This coach is going to go coach a college team
1: I know. immediately. Yeah, I know. Right now. I'm like, what are we
12: doing? <laughs> Anyone know. left?
1: Oh my God, I know. <laughs> and you know, listen. But my concern is, even if the Giants are able to stop that run, so let's say they they totally nullify the run. Let's just say the right. secondary is what it's very thin. And they got Jarvis Landry, and they got the tight end. They got uh, such—the Browns are an an example for the Jets fans to look at, how quickly they rebuilt that. Let's just put that that out there. But just that secondary kind of scares me, too, at the Giants, even if they are able to stop the run.
11: It does. We just got to have faith in Patrick Graham, hopefully. I mean, just think what this game could have been if our boy Odell was playing.
1: Imagine. Listen, I'm an O <laughs> I, I did not mind Odell Beckham Jr. I really didn't. I thought he was immature. I thought they could have put some some scaffolds in place to help him. Um, but I did not mind Odell Beckham Jr. And I know I'm gonna get killed for this on Twitter, but seriously, I thought he was an uh, he was an awesome player.
11: And here's my prediction for the East. I, I was on full board giant train. Yeah. But because my cousins, six of them living in Philadelphia, <laughs> You watch them sneak in the back door whoa. with their new quarterback.
2: That's a hot They're going
11: to sneak in the back door. You got Haskins. We got injured quarterbacks. And, and the <laughs> Eagles are just going to slide in.
2: Eh, and
11: that would mm. just
1: make me oh ill. <laughs> Bring on the
11: 13th of January and these New York Rangers. Yes. I feel bad for our old King Henrik. Yeah, I know. You know, it's too bad. I wanted to see him play.
1: You did? But- you wanted to see him play in a Capitals uniform?
11: I did to win we were something. Smoke them.
1: <laughs> You think they would? You know, you think he would have won something or won something there if he were to play with them? I don't know.
11: I, th- I think it's such must see TV, though. Yeah, oh, yeah. A- that, amazing. That would have been a prime New York time game. And Washington. Yeah,
2: for sure. Oh my
11: god! <laughs> and uh, Jets fans, here's one other thing: maybe Belichick will throw that game, and then he'll leave New England and come to the Jets as the coach with Lawrence. Ever think of that?
1: Oh, no, I did not think of that. But that is very far-fetched there, Tim. <laughs> it is, it is.
11: Have a good holiday. Thanks. We'll be He's, talking to you. All
1: right, Tim, thanks. Thank you for taking Oops, sorry. Thank you for taking the call, he said. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, this is like, we're getting into like deep rabbit hole conspiracy theories here. So Tim su- just suggested, and Tim's a giant fan, that Bill Belichick potentially could throw the game and then become the coach of the Jets. I think if you're a Jets fan, you sign up for that. But I think that's a very convoluted thing there, guys. Um, but as far as the Giants in this this very all-important game, I don't know. I just think that that secondary scares me with Brad Bradbury is a shutdown corner, one of, if not the best in the entire league. And you saw the Giants defense they've they've bent, but they've never really broken. And they broke last week. They broke against the Arizona Cardinals. And I think that um, the Browns are are sort of built the same way on offense, but more so of a running game than the Cardinals had. And I think um, with Bradbury, I think the Giants could have had a chance. I'm speaking as if. I'll be honest, I don't think the Giants are gonna win this game. I hope they prove me wrong. I do. I hope all of our New York teams prove me wrong when, when I predict that they're gonna lose, but I just don't, I don't think so. I mean, see the thing is Colt McCoy, I, the word game manager just popped into my mind. He's a game manager. You gotta be a little bit daring against the Browns. You, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go for it. And I don't see him as the guy that goes for it. Now, the Browns are not impenetrable, they also have a weak secondary. Can Colt McCoy capitalize on that with, you know, Miles Garrett in his face and the entire defensive line in his face? You know, every snap. When you look at what, what the Arizona Cardinals were able to do to the Giants' offensive line, I mean, it was, it was bad. I mean, you think of the one-man wrecking crew. Hassan Reddick, franchise record, five sacks in one game four on Daniel Jones and one on Colt McCoy. So um the offensive line was dismal to say the least. Can they improve for this week against Miles Garrett? I don't know. Miles Garrett, you know, he's coming off the COVID list. Uh he was he missed two weeks. I think it was like week 12 and 13 or 11 and 12 because he had COVID, right? He's still doing breathing treatments. He's still not 100% by his own admission. So maybe the Giants get lucky there. I mean, I think Giants fans can uh, only hope to see as least of number 95 in the brown and orange as possible. I don't know. Because he has not been playing, you know, at 100%. And and that's by his own admission. I always tell you guys to go to the the primary source, and he is the primary source in this situation. And he said it. He said, I'm not sure how long it's going to take me to feel really 100% with my wind. Physically, speed and strength-wise, I feel normal, but it's just about trying not to gas out too early and trying to pace myself knowing it could jump on me rather quickly. So that's the miles Garrett that the Giants are getting to coming into the Meadowlands on Sunday night football at 8.20. And the Giants are three-point underdogs in their first Sunday night football game since 2018. So this game means something to the Giants and their playoff hopes. All right, we got a Mike McCann update and more of your calls after a quick little pause. I'm Danielle McCartin on The Fan.
2: Danielle McCartan. Sports Radio, 101.9 FM. The Fan.
1: W-F-A-N. Good morning, everybody, at 3.04 in the morning. I'm Danielle McCartin, back with you on The Fan in New York City. And it's week 15 NFL action. I got some tweets during the break. Uh... Kyle Nuss, he says, I get the people excited about Lawrence possibly coming to the Jets, but I can't get excited because I really bought into Sam Darnold and still think that he can lead this team if they get rid of Adam Gase. Darnold got burnt by this team when, when he was the answer. Yeah, I fully agree with you there. Fully agree with you, except for the fact that uh, Sam Darnold is owed something in the neighborhood of $25 million in his fifth year option and the Jets are not going to take that option full send on that so we've been talking about some Jets stuff uh the future of the new york jets is it bright or is it dull it depends again on a lot of different things if you watch any of the bowl games i particularly sat and watched justin field's bowl game and compared it against trevor lawrence's bowl game and what I saw from Fields and Lawrence, I mean, it was not even in the same neighborhood. And yes, I'm dropping in in a convenient time, but it's also the biggest stage of their careers. the One of the biggest games of their careers I'm dropping in on. And what I saw from Fields, I didn't like at all. And what I saw from Trevor Lawrence, I loved. Okay, so while I think Sam Darnold got a... Bad shake here in New York? He did. I feel so badly for him. He will be, I guarantee it, full send right now. He's going to be the comeback player of the year next year. Don't worry about it. He'll go somewhere else, um, and, and he's going to shine. Under the right head coach, under the right situation, he'll, he will be fine. He's got talent. He just doesn't have talent in his coaching staff, let's say. And Dave Baldanza said, Belichick would never throw that game to be the only team to lose to the Jets. Uh, oh, I just lost it. And, and keep them from being 0-16. He will play that game like the Super Bowl. Well, I think Jets fans could uh, could sign up for that as well. And Kevin says, don't forget the Jets could trade the number one pick for a haul. I doubt it, but it's still a possibility. Yes, except for the fact, again, that Sam Darnold is owed $25 million you know, based on his arbitration and all that and the CBA, $25 million in the fifth year. He's in his third year right now. What are you going to get? are going to keep him one more year with a new – they're going to pass on Trevor Lawrence to, to have a Sam Darnold tryout in year four again with a new head coach? That's a built-in excuse. Ship him off now. I feel bad for the kid. He stands up there every single week. He answers every single question patiently, politely. He is a – he is – how do I say this? Like the Jets should be very grateful. I know on the Thanksgiving show we did what each team should be grateful for. The Jets should be absolutely grateful for Sam Darnold and and how he has handled this entire thing here in New York. And, again, I, I wish him the best of luck, and I hope he resurrects his career elsewhere. And um, we could talk about where that elsewhere might be because I have I've got a suggestion. You want to hear it now? You guys want to hear it now? I think that a perfect fit for Sam Darnold. See, I come from the thought process that Sam Darnold should sit one more year and then make, you know, a move, right? So I started to look at teams like, okay, aging quarterbacks. I'll just come out and say it, Pittsburgh Steelers. I think Pittsburgh Steelers. I think the Steelers can make a deal with the Jets in the draft. Uh I think they they they're obviously they're a good team. They're not gonna need as much draft capital as as possible. So, um because they're they are gonna be in pretty much, as far as I know, full full um relaunch, uh, you know, full full go again for, for next season. So I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are are the match for Sam Darnold. That's my opinion sticking to it as of right now i'm sticking to it let's go to ben in queens ben you're on the fan
13: morning there coach What's uh, up? firstly how'd you like the hardwell uh part one
1: uh you know what i downloaded it and then i did not get a chance to listen because i had been preparing for this show but i will listen hardwell i love the year mixes by hardwell those are like my favorite i keep them i save them every year to year so yeah so thanks for sending me that
13: well hey hey uh, and part two is of course you know the the back to back yeah Part next is- week
1: yeah Friday
13: Friday yep. yep uh add Chicago to that list
1: Chicago another good team yeah that's another good I don't
13: one. see I don't see Foles coming back mm-hmm. and Trubisky is always on thin ice there so yep so that that's another one for me yep um I'm with you in terms of uh, Trevor versus Justin mm-hmm. My, honestly. Ohio State should have lost that game today. I don't know what the Northwestern offensive coordinator thought his plan was. (laughs) I don't know if he didn't realize that Ohio State has a faster team, and if they keep messing up and giving you good field position, you shouldn't, like, try to do stuff that you
1: don't normally do. How about 331 yards on the ground for their running back?
13: Their offense actually wore out their own defense. (laughs) That is that is freaking hilarious, and Ohio State realized Fields ain't throwing the ball well. Mm-hmm. But you know what? We well, just pounded on them, and they pounded it on them, and uh, that that was just hilarious. Uh, as I go there, to memo to college teams: All right, I saw enough of this today, and it drives me nuts. You got to change. You're playing for your your your, your championship. Will you act like men? Will you stop it with the the Bravado? Will you stop it with, I made a tackle, we're down 10. (laughs) I'm going to. No. Make the tackle, get back to your squad, and say, let's keep on going. The, The amount of dumb personal foul penalties I saw today, just crazy. And the best shot was the Clemson. The Clemson game, they're up by thirty points and twenty four in the defense gets that, that targeting penalty and you see the defensive coordinator on the side just drop the just dropped <laughs> down like, What the hell are we doing? <laughs> yeah. you know, that, that 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 was a per- that was a perfect illustration. Uh, to Hendrick, rest up. I know I know you wanna play, but your health is more important. Mm-hmm. That sim- simply put, if you get past it with the health, no problem. Because he- let's let's face it, Hendrick got a career in TV if he wants. Yeah, he does. He's, he's, you know we I've seen him on the NHL Network. I've seen him with the MSG. Don't don't jeopardize your life here.
1: Yeah, heart issues right? are serious. Yeah,
13: yeah. I agree. But now finally with the Giants and the Jets. Uh, Giants, this is why the loss last week hurts, because now you have no room for error. Yes. And you're facing Cleveland (laughs) not exactly at your best, and Cleveland's on a high. But it's the NFL. This sort of thing always, like, can go wonky. You know, I see see the Raiders. This thing can always go wonky somehow. So so, uh, I know the Giants are going to put in the effort, the, it, 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 there's it's never been the thing with the Giants where they lost because they didn't show up. They know what they have to do. Mm-hmm. The Jets, on the other hand, I don't know what else we could say about them. Um, I love the conspiracy theory that, that <laughs> Belichick will throw it and then decide to become the Jets head coach. I will say this. If Belichick becomes the Jet head coach, I will not be a Jet fan while he's here. Because of what he did to us. The first time. There, there, there is a point where you have to have your pride when it comes to the teams. And he intentionally did that and messed up my organization for years.
1: Yeah, for two decades.
13: <laughs> <laughs> and, and finally, I will leave with this. I will leave with the DJ Ma- Mateo thing. Look, if it quacks like a duck and it walks like a duck, it's a duck you're considering you're playing hardball Yankees, but I'm not hearing about any other moves. So if you end up losing DJ, I don't want to hear a squad about, oh, he was being too greedy. "Eh, eh, We were only going by what the market is. Mm -hmm. He is more important to your team than anybody else because he is one of the two players on your team that does everything in terms of
1: offense. Totally, totally nailed it, Ben. Yes.
13: Exactly. So, Danielle, once again, thank you for the time, and enjoy your
1: night, madame. Thanks, you too. Yeah, DJ LeMahieu, I mean, he is, is a, we say week in and week out. I mean, I feel like this is like the sixth week we've talked about how integral DJ LeMahieu is to this Yankees team. And, and, yeah, Ben, that makes a great point that, okay, the Yankees are waiting on DJ LeMahieu, waiting, waiting, waiting. Meanwhile, you know, all... McCann, I thought, was a great fit for the Yankees, especially at what it worked out to be like $10 million a year. I thought that was a great fit. I, I am ready to send Gary Sanchez off into oblivion or maybe not right this second, but at the trade deadline, yes. Car- carry three catchers to the trade deadline. Who cares? I think McCann would have been awesome. I mean, you really think – Garrett Cole, you saw him say, oh, well, it doesn't matter which, which catcher catches me. Oh, get out of here. Get out of here. It absolutely matters. You want Kyle Higashioka behind the plate for you. Don't try to mask it. Your numbers are infinitely better with Kyle Higashioka behind the plate. You could. It's okay to say it. It's okay to say it. But as far as the Yankees and LeMahieu, I mean – Come on, get it done. I mean, I say this every week. It's just get it done. And uh, Henrik Lundqvist, you guys, quick note on that. Uh, I'm wearing a shirt tonight as voted on by you guys. I put it out there and you guys wanted me to wear this shirt. So I've got the King uh, logo with the 30 in it in the front of it. So the story behind this is um, Ben mentioned that he's seen him on TV and stuff like that. I actually interviewed uh, Henrik Lundqvist one-on-one a few years ago, three, three years ago, four years ago. At a, at a hockey camp, he was hosting at, at Chelsea Piers, and I actually loved him so much after, like, doing the whole thing. He was very nice, very polite, the whole thing, right? I went over to his – he walked right over to his merch stand and bought this T-shirt, which benefited the Henrik Lundqvist Foundation, so I was doing a good thing at the same time. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist is um, an athlete that I will always support. And I know last week – remember we were talking about uh, Kyrie Irving and who he should take notes from, and I mentioned Derek Jeter, and I mentioned Eli Manning. You know, I – Today, I was like, you know what? I left Henrik Lundqvist off that list. So Kyrie Irving, you could take some notes from him on on how to be a, a good New York player, a good New York teammate. And as you guys know, Lundqvist wrote, and this is a quote on his Twitter, he wrote, It breaks my heart, literally, to share this news that I will not be joining the Capitals this upcoming season. It's been determined that a heart condition will prevent me from taking the ice. We have decided that the risk of playing before remedying my condition is too high. The news was very difficult to process, but after the last test result earlier this week, we knew there was only one way to go from here. I will take the next few weeks to be with my family and to be back to share the next steps. That all from the statement, again, released from Henrik Lundqvist's official Twitter account. What phrase stuck out to me? The next steps. After being in net for 15 full seasons as a New York Ranger, he had taken their buyout, He signed a one-year, only a one-year deal, $1.5 million deal with the Washington Capitals. I put dot, 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 dot. He's turning 39 in March. And that R word, I'm sure, has crept into all of our minds at this point. If you you follow hockey, he made, I, I looked at his career earnings, he made $101 million just through the NHL, not factoring in endorsements or anything like that, but through the NHL, he made $101 million in career earnings. Not bad for a seventh round, 205th overall pick in the 2000 NFL draft. Not bad at all. So um, I I think it's the end of the road for Henrik Lundqvist. I I hope it's not, but I think it is a heart condition at 38, soon to be 39 years old is nothing to play with. Clearly. Um, So, so, you know, speedy recovery to Henrik Lundqvist. We'll see what happens. uh, Recovery, I should say. and We'll see what happens moving forward. I mean, he's had uh, modeling gigs. He's had TV. Who knows? Who knows? Let's go to Ben in Long Island. Ben, you're on the fan. Ben.
10: Hello.
1: Hello. Yes, hi. You're on the fan.
10: Hi. I'd like to make two quick points, one about Lundqvist, one about the Mets. You got it. Uh Lunkless would have had that cup in twenty fourteen. If if you remember they were in a bunch of overtime games. If yes. Chris Ryder could hit on one of those breakaways, yep. it would have been a completely different series.
1: I know. I know. I remember. Then, I remember the whole hype. I do. Yeah.
10: And that that could have been the year they all bonded over Saint Louis' unfortunate tragedy.
1: Yep. Could have coulda have, woulda have, shoulda. Have. I know. Close, but no. Uh,
10: and then quick point about the Mets. You're sure. I, I love the McCann signing. I think JT Realmuto, like he's he's a good player, but knowing the Mets with their injury, you know bugs and all that, they he would be a bust.
1: Well, and then if if here's the thing, if you get Realmuto, who's not much better than McCann, I mean not markedly better, you're done. Your off season is done at that point. So McCann's the better move. No ifs, hands, or buts.
10: Yeah, I could, and then and if they just get George Springer, I, I think it's the perfect off season. They get the center fielder, and then they have a trade. They can uh, move even move Brandon Nimmo if they need to for potentially Francisco Lindor.
1: Oh, so now, okay, now you want Springer and Lindor. So I thought Springer was the perfect off season. I mean,
10: it, Springer opens up more doors as well.
1: Uh, in the sense that it makes Brandon Nimmo then dispensable. I, I right. assume. Yes. Yeah, I just don't know. And, and Ben, thanks for the call. I appreciate that. Um, I guess I'll, I'll do the Lindor thing first. Lindor. I, I, I don't know if that's a great fit right now. I think uh, next offseason, there's plenty of shortstop options if that's the way you want to go. I think Rosario still has, you know, stuff to prove. I think Andres Jimenez has lots to prove. We didn't see him a lot this season, you know, as baseball fans, and obviously in the shortened season. So uh, I wouldn't make a, a play on Lindor just yet. Uh, but the next thing that the Mets need to do is George Springer. And I'm not sure that makes Brendan Nimmo more uh, dispensable. I think that makes JT uh, J.D. Davis more indispensable at that point in time. We can talk more more Mets after the quick, 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 quick pause here on McCartan After Midnight. I am, uh, wow, wow, you guys want, if you want to get aboard. There's one line open, 877-337-6666 is the phone number. And uh, we got a quick break, and I'll be right back at you. I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan.
0: Get ready for Brooklyn Nets basketball on the fan. Opening night brings Stephon Curry and the Golden State Warriors to the Barclays Center. This Tuesday night, to face Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and the 2020-2021 Nets. With our coverage underway at 6.50 on Sports Radio 1019 FM and Sports Radio 66, WFAN and WFAN-FM New York. And streaming everywhere on all of your devices at WFAN.com.
1: Welcome back, everybody, here to McCartan After Midnight. I love the Drake. I, I listened on the way in tonight. I, I admit I did not listen to, to McMonagle's show. I, a little bit. I tuned in a little bit. But I found on Hot 97, they were doing this. This wasn't just Drake, but it was mostly Drake remix, DJ set, whatever. It was like a new Drake song every 45 seconds to, to a minute. I mean, as soon as you got into it, they changed to another hit from Drake. I loved it. I, all the way down the West Side Highway, I was like, yeah, this is it. This is it. It was like future. I, I was Shazam into a couple songs. I mean, it was great. So uh, a huge Drake fan, I am. And uh, we got a lot of Jets fans on my Twitter during a commercial break. Uh, Scotty says, here's another conspiracy theory. I did not know we were going to go down this route tonight, but he said, here's another conspiracy theory. Darnell ends up with the Pats and haunts the Jets forever. Great show. Thanks, Scotty. Thanks for that. And then Dave says <laughs> these people need to stop with their ridiculous conspiracy theories. There is zero chance that Belichick would ever coach the Jets. He has literally said that he despises the organization and the current ownership. That's at gangrene seven eighty. Uh so you guys want to get a board on Twitter or on the phones on Twitter. It's uh, I almost give me the phone number. Twitter is uh, at Coach MCCARTAN, and the phone lines are jammed, so we will get back to them, 877-337-6666. Bill in Belmont, New Jersey, you're on the fan, Bill. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? All right. Uh,
14: two things. Uh, first, the Giants, and after that, we'll talk about the Mets. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Giants, I really, really believe we can win this game. But how? what we gotta do, all right, let we me ask you do how exact opposite what they're expecting us to. Okay. Run when we post the pass, pass when we're supposed to run. Confused the well, but we did to Seattle. Confused the hell out of the coach. He didn't know what was going on after the game was over.
1: Oh he didn't he didn't understand well, he didn't know. He said he had to go back to the film and so did Russell Wilson on the defensive side of the ball.
14: I'm yeah, on their defense. their defense, their defense was all confused. Mm, and what? The, well, I believe in uh, crisscrossing, quick passing patterns over the middle when no one used that anymore.
1: Well, Bill, that's that's going to be a little bit of a problem because because Evan Ingram is listed as questionable. He would be your over the middle sort of guy. Uh, why is he, oh, is he? Is he is he No, I, th- I think it's a knee. I think it's a knee injury. I was thinking
14: he's he's about ready to break out. He's been. Oh, I've been hoping we' break out all year long,
1: yeah, and I know I know, um, but but I, you have
14: tight ends,
1: see we going
14: I think tight ends over the middle real quick, they get that ball, they got a big guy running into something, and they could break something, and you you gotta out they gotta outsmart 'em, you got to do what they're not expecting you to do, and that's where you could uh win that game. We're too conservative. It, we're too. We, that, they know exactly what we're going to do when we pass or when we run.
1: Nailed it. You said too conservative, and I think with with Colt McCoy though, I think that that that's the game plan. Conservative. I think you saw it when when he got to start the other game. It was conservative. Yeah, but that was different,
14: though. I think now he could confuse the hell out of him because he won't be. He shouldn't be that conservative. I mean, of course he can't pass a lot, but. Listen, when he
1: does, it's gonna it should be very surprising. Bill, if if the Giants are able to consistently attack the very weak, very thin, very depleted secondary of the Browns, that's the only way they're gonna win this game. That's it.
14: I know. Yes. Especially over the middle. Because, of, because the middle's when they have the problems. It'll right. open up. hmm. I'll give you yeah. Yeah, yes.
1: If they can do it.
14: Yeah, well, they gotta try. See the Giants get too they, they've seen to fall back and get so conservative with the running game. And I like the running game, but sometimes they get too much involved in it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just too predictable. You can't get predictable when you don't have a great offense. Yes. Now, the Mets. Mm-hmm. Something I really believe the Mets should do, and they're not, I don't think they're going to do it, but they should. They should swoop down, and with all the money he makes. Take that guy from the Yankees, put him on second base, move out second base to third, and you have a great, great team on the on the, just for those two guys. Then we go get the Springer afterwards, of course. But but that would make it a great team. And if they're going to sit around wait for him, the Mets should swoop in there with the money. Say, look, we'll pay you what you want.
1: And I think if you're a Yankee fan, that is your number one concern. And I think that's – Bill, thank you. That's uh, that's definitely a concern if you're a Yankee fan. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And the longer the Yankees wait on DJ LeMayhew, the more concerning, the more I'm going to hit the panic button Yankees fans should be. I don't I, – I mean, I don't know if at that point you could afford then. I mean, the Mets could probably do whatever they want to do, actually, but – I don't know, you don't know what uh, Steve Cohen's uh, thoughts are on the luxury cap, uh, but you would have to think that a Springer deal, um, a Lemayhu deal, then a Conforto extension and most likely a Syndergaard extension off of that would put you well over that luxury tax. I'm saying pump the brakes on Lemayhu if you're a Met fan. Pump the brakes. Let's go to Carlo in Kings Park. Carlo, you're on the fan.
15: Morning, Danielle. Happy holidays to
1: you. You too, Carlo. Thanks.
15: Uh, definitely talk about some Yanks and some Jets.
1: Yeah.
15: Um, as far as the Mayo situation goes, you hit the nail right on the head. As long as this k- keeps on going, it's going to be an absolute nightmare for Yankee fans. Mm-hmm. Because not only does that man hit, but he actually hits in the clutch. Yes. Uh, yes, he didn't hit last year in the playoffs, but for the majority, he is a consistent hitter. And this team is a swing-and-miss team. Yep. You have... Three guys on the team, and we know the three guys on the team. You know, you got Judge, you got Stanton, and you got Sanchez. Mm-hmm. They are windmills. They're yep. all windmills. We need productive hitting, and if you get rid of Mayo guess what? You weaken your team immensely. You're not strengthening your team. Yes, you're just not. Yep. And totally agree. And, and as far as as far as the Jets go, oh, what a nightmare it would be. If they were to win a game, oh, what a nightmare. You know how hard it is, Danielle? Every weekend, I have to literally pray for my team to lose. And it just, it breaks my heart. It absolutely breaks my heart. I have to listen to hear, hear SOJ, SOJ. And I've heard SOJ for all my life.
1: SOJ? That's
15: same old Jets. Oh,
1: same old Jets. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I never heard that acronym for it, but yes, I know oh, the
15: phrase, yes. yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, it's definitely... Oh, it's know definitely, the phrase yes. well. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. But the thing is, Danielle, they have got to hit the home run. There's no single, there's no double, no triple. They have to hit the home run. And what I mean by the home run, they have to lose out. They have to make sure that they get Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, and then they also have to make sure... That these picks that they have all hit home runs because the the uh, the judge, I mean the uh, the judge uh, thing
2: on
15: on on Joe is is right out there because if he messes up, it could set the Jets back so bad it's not even funny. I mean Mm -hmm. Joe Douglas seems like a smart man, but the thing is, we've heard that one before. We also heard that Adam Gaze was a genius. I and never know,
1: I know, I never bought into that. Never we
15: all know what that is right now. I mean, that's incredible.
1: No, I never even, bought into that.
15: To even mention him as a genius is an insult.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I call him Adam Guru, you know that. You listen to the show. I call him Adam Guru. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I think Carla, and thanks for the call, I really appreciate it. Um I think more so yes, they need to get Trevor Lawrence, that would be priority number one for the Jets. More so than hitting a home run, to use your words, a home run on the draft picks, the Jets, I thought you were going here, but the Jets need to hit a home run on the head coach. If Adam Gase is back, I think the Jets would still be playing in an empty stadium next year. I think Jet fans would absolutely lose their minds if Adam Gase is back next year, absolutely. With that being said, the job is not open yet. And then you heard the newest news uh, from—well, first of all, if you're a Jet fan, I mean, the mentality I would say is this. And I said it last time, too. The Jets need to find a coach that is not the next hotshot guy, not the next guru, whatever. The Jets need a Joe Judge type. Okay, And I know he was never a head coach, Joe Judge, but I'm talking about the mentality, the work ethic, the accountability, all that. The Jets need that, especially with a team. Think about the turnover on this roster that's about to happen. Think about all of the young draft picks that are going to be coming into this team over the next two years. The Jets need somebody that's kind of sort of been there, done that. And I tell you, Boomer Esiason would have not, quote-unquote, leaked that information about bill cower if there wasn't smoke where you know where there's smoke there's fire okay so i i fully believe that bill cower gave him the okay to leak that information one studio next door here that morning and then just to kind of test the waters and see the reaction if bill cower wants to coach the new york jets sign him up yesterday an update right I, I, first of all, I love the idea. First of all, you pair, pair Bill Cowher with maybe young coordinators that could compete for the head co- coaching job when he retires. He establishes a culture uh, with one of the most respected people around the league right off the bat. And and he has not been sitting on his couch and eating, as Conor McGovern said, pizza, chips, and dip, you know, all these years. He's been watching game film. He's on TV analyzing the, the league every week. It would be instant respect. I mean, is he willing to come to this mess? I think I think out of all the job openings, the Jets is the most attractive opening, as crazy as that sounds. Boomer said his wife's a huge Jet fan. Would you give up the broadcast gig to go for it? That's a question. But Cower said, this is a quote I have too much respect for the coaching profession to talk about a job that is not open. From that perspective, any job that is open, I have no interest in coaching. You know what that tells me? Come on, read between the lines, you guys. It tells me the open jobs, forget about. Okay? The Jets one, it's not open yet. So basically, what he's saying is no comment until it is. He's just waiting around for the inevitable, like we all are, to throw his hat into the ring. I'll tell you, Bill Coward to the Jets, I love, love, love the idea. Vernon in Manhattan, you're on the fan. Yeah, hey, yeah, you doing, Daniel? What's up? Listen, Vernon, I, I never got to, I have a, a Google search, Shea Bridge Met fan video, darling, Jets Superfan jokes, why? I never got a chance to get it. What's the answer? I've been wondering
16: all week. <laughs> okay, so you didn't see the video, right? I did not. Okay, so let me give you the title of the video. You go to Google, mm-hmm. you, t- you type in the Mets version of Fireman Ed. It's about a minute and fifty minutes. You'll hear uh, Gary Cohen and um, uh, the other announcer uh, making jokes about this guy on Shea Bridge.
1: Okay, I got the video.
16: Once, okay, once you see the video, <laughs> I'll call you next week and ask put a question to you about this guy. Got it. on Shea Bridge. Okay. All right. So uh, I got a little quiz for you, and this is this is something regarding the sports women. Okay. okay? Since you're a coach, you actually work with your staff. If you see a weakness in your staff, you try to make them better mm-hmm. and teach them how to use that weakness. There was a woman basketball player in high school where the coach was trying to get her to use both arms. Mm-hmm. So, what this coach did, she actually tied her, um, her player on behind her back and made her go up and down the court and shoot the basketball with one hand. She said she really hated doing this in high school. Mm-hmm. There are four people I'll mention, and let me ask you which one had this done to her. Was it Maggie on Moose and Maggie's show? Mm-hmm. Was it Amy Lawrence? Was it Hannah Storm from ESPN? Or was it Linda Cohen from Sports Center?
1: Okay, I don't think it was Maggie because she said field goal kicking wasn't her thing, so I assume basketball was not her thing either. Okay. Um, who was choice C? I forget the name for choice C. Um, uh,
16: it was the last three were Amy Lawrence,
1: not I don't,
16: yeah,
1: A, uh, Amy Lawrence,
16: Hannah uh, Hannah Storm from ESPN.
1: I'm gonna go Hannah Storm.
16: Okay, uh, I'm sorry.
1: Oh, is it Linda Please. Cohen? No, it was Amy Lyons. Oh, really? I I don't know Amy. I've never met Amy, so I I don't know much about her, to be honest with you.
16: Well, she's on every week um, on the same radio station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so one day I caught her on her own riddle. So I I said, Amy, how you doing? She said, how you doing? I said, listen, Amy, I need to ask you a sports question. She said, okay. I said, you know, there was this woman playing basketball. Did she get it as
1: herself? Huh? Did she get the answer as herself? <laughs> uh, I'm going a second. So I said, there was a woman playing basketball. The coach
16: made her tie her one arm around her back so she can get strength of shooting this basketball up and down the court. Mm-hmm. I said, uh, Amy, who is this person? So <laughs> Amy started thinking. She said, I, I can't think of anyone. <laughs> she said, the only thing that happened was it happened to me. I said, Amy, it's you. He left out
2: laughing.
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> All right, so let me go to um, the Packers. Yeah, the Packers. Uh, Daniel, your brother and I
16: <laughs> want you to become a Packer fan.
1: I don't think my brother wants that, actually, but I know you do. <laughs> <laughs>
16: I do. So the thing is, the Packers have a shot. Uh, they control their own destiny. Yeah. If they can win these two games, they'll be in, like number one in the NFC. Yep. Well, anyway, I just want you to see the video. And next week I'll call you and ask you what do you think about this video of these two guys cracking jokes on this guy in
1: Shea Bridge? All right, well, now that I got the well, video, I've been wondering for a week. I got the video now, Vernon. I will watch it, and we'll get back next week, okay? Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs> oh, man. I'll try, I, as he was talking i was trying to think of like the craziest thing i had to do um as a player or even as a coach uh to get some to get the results that i wanted or needed uh let me let me think about that for for uh really quickly we've got a quick break coming up and obviously more of your phone calls uh, if you guys are on hold please stay there I, I promise i will get to you and give you your time your due time to, to speak obviously um okay so 877-337-6666. there's one line open and Nick's waiting for your call I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan in New York City.
8: Hey, what's going on? It's the Moose coming up Monday after Boomer and Geo at 10 a.m. Moose and Maggie right here on The Fan. Maggie reacting to a little Giants and Browns Sunday Night Football.
4: Yeah, of course, the entire NFL playoff picture as well. And we'll get you all caught up with the latest
1: with Major League Baseball's Hot Stove. Join us at 10 a.m. on Sports Radio 101.9 FM and Radio.com. Welcome back to The Fan. Here, I'm Danielle McCartney. It is 3.44 in the morning, New York City, in a very, very cold New York City. And uh, just off of Vernon's call over that quick break, I was trying to think of, I guess, the craziest, quote-unquote craziest thing based on his story about uh, Amy Lawrence having to tie one arm behind her back um, to be able to be ambidextrous on the court, you know, to use her probably—it's probably her left hand even more so than the right I was trying to think. Uh, As a player, when I played volleyball in high school, I had a bad habit of when receiving the ball, uh, especially on serve-receive, I would swing my arms in order to make a good pass. And if you know anything about volleyball, you have to, especially on serve-receive, or or to to field a hard hit ball, like a spike, um, you really have to stay as still as possible. It's really about keeping your arms flat and, and getting the angle and the footwork and your hips right, you know, to guide the ball over to the setter. So, I had this terrible habit. I could not get it through my head to, to just keep my arms still. So, my coach one day, Mister Mr. Mr. Newsom, uh, Coach Newsom, uh, he brought out this contraption. It was like a, <laughs> I don't even know. It was like made out of like lightweight aluminum, and it like rested on each of my shoulders and I had to hold on to like, it looked like a tennis ball at the end and I had a stretched out. I'm doing it right now. It stretched out like behind my shoulder blades and it, you had to roll your, your, your platform out, your, your forearms out. And I had, he made me do receive with with wearing that and, and wearing that. I mean, it worked. It helped. Definitely helped. And as a coach, I really can't think of anything too crazy. I mean, I, I don't think I'm a crazy coach. I don't think I'm sure my players could come up with something though. I'm sure they can. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, um, that's my story, Vernon. My my oh, lightweight aluminum keep your arms from swinging contraption. That my coach. That was probably junior year uh, varsity. Junior year of uh, of volleyball. Maybe maybe wear that. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Uh, this is uh, obviously we're full. You guys get aboard eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six as soon as as soon as you can. Let's go right in the order that you guys called. Paul from Hamden, Connecticut. You're on the fan. Uh-huh. This is a totally fake snore. It's so fake. How could you be bored watching my show? It's so fake. (laughs) Yeah. How could you be bored listening to my show?
5: You want to put them on hold and then we check back with them? See if you're still snoring. I dumped them already. Oh, Oh, man. I remember Tony Page used to do that. Good idea. Or somebody did that. They put them on hold and then they would check back later on and see if you. Oh, Nick, that was a good idea. Snoring, I should have done that. Yeah, I'm with you. That sounded totally fake. That was times. fake. Yeah,
1: that was like a prank call. Thank you for that, buddy. You waited all on hold all night to. Well, now t- we
5: got a line freed up for yeah. whoever actually wants to call in and not, and not snore. So.
1: Yeah, we got pranked there, Nick. We got totally pranked. What did he say he wanted to talk about? Do you remember? I forgot. I think you said Yankees. I
5: think. Yeah, some, it went away, but we got another one now. We got Lenny, so let me get Lenny. All right, let's you go
1: get Lenny. Mike, let's go to Mike. Mike in West Palm Beach. Are you awake, Mike?
0: <laughs> yes, I am. Danielle, <laughs> I had a nice, nice chat with another good producer, Nick.
1: Yeah. Uh, yep.
0: You know that that reminds me of. I was going to ask you of all the callers you've spoken to. Um the the strangest one was a couple of weeks ago, you know, you have entered the twilight zone, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, which which one was that? Uh um, Oh, he
0: ranted on and on about this and that. Oh yeah, the guy and, that, Oh
1: yeah, he accused me of of uh playing bad commercials on my show. I know right. that guy. Yeah, 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 that guy, yes. Uh Lou, I think I mean, no, it wasn't Lou. I don't know who it was. I forget.
0: And what you said, you know, before the um before the break, and you raise your voice, and I'm laughing. Way to go, Danielle! Because <laughs> come on, man, this is you know what I love about it too. This is live theater, okay? Yes. You talk in sports, or you call up another show, any topic you know you want to talk about it. It's live theater, yeah. and and truth is stranger than fiction. I've, I've always said, Danielle. You know. Oh yes. <laughs> anyway. Oh yes. Um, yeah, it's a. Uh, um, I wasn't a singer; I was a drummer. Um, have yourself a merry little Christmas, mm-hmm. okay? Um, of course. Um, talk about the Mets—longtime Mets long time Met fan. Um, I was mentioning to Nick uh, Cohen; I-, I think he's going to be the new, eventually, the new George Steinbrenner of New York baseball mm-hmm. with the light blue pinstripes from Flushing. Yeah, making, making, yeah, oh yeah, making the moves with McCann. Um, and and uh, Springer's on deck. But he's going to just, you know, open up his pockets to 1% of billionaires. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a, a Met fan his whole life. And the Wilpons, to me, they, they couldn't leave fast enough. Mediocre uh, signings, mediocre uh, baseball in, in the greatest city, New York. So it, it's a new direction. Um, you know, I got, I got another story for you, Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, Ralph, I spoke to him, and he, he's dealing with some medical conditions okay oh, wow. Ray right, told you i played against whitey ford's son <clears throat> um and whitey was in the stands well ralph's good friend he's another one tony gallo we were playing east rockaway senior year okay tony gallo pitcher for east rockaway lefty one of the best pitchers on long island okay and we had a battle tough as hell we beat him late in the game Okay. And Tony Gallo says to Ralph, he goes, that effing shortstop. I felt like throwing one at his head, me. <laughs> I say, Ralph, if he does that, well, you know, payback, so you know what? Uh, he better duck his head with, with a, a Whirly Bird bat coming his way, you know. But Tony Gallo got drafted by the Expos. Okay. He hurts his arm uh, double A. <clears throat> he opens up a camp uh, in Vegas, a baseball camp, He's pitching, batting, whatever. <laughs> and uh, who's his son? I sent him a note. Joey Gallo is his son. Texas Rangers. Yes. And I said, Joey, uh, if your father wants to speak to me, here's my number. And um, uh, I wish you were on my team, the Mets, because you got game and a half, Joey. But yeah, true true story. Um, that that was a pretty pretty cool game. Um, you know. I was watching some golf yesterday with Tiger Woods and his son. Mm. And a couple of weeks ago, I told you old ball players don't die. They just go on and play a little golf. And you had me laughing when you played a little uh, mini golf. Oh, and forget I guess your brother.
1: It. Yeah. Forget I guess
0: it. You, <laughs> yeah. I guess your brother got froggy with you. Cause you just, you, you didn't, you didn't tolerate it. So you took your putter and you smashed him in his shin. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I did. It's a true story. True story. <laughs> yes. Uh because my ball went into the water and he was making fun of me, and I don't like losing first of all, and I don't like being made fun of like that, so that's why I did it. And uh, my dad took us both, and he's like, "We're out of here," and we left. And that was oh, last oh. time. That was the last time we went as a family mini golfing.
0: <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Um, one last thing, Danielle, with that one call a couple weeks ago. Yeah. You have no control over the commercials. No, yeah, I don't. I noticed. <laughs> no, no way. And you give everybody again a fair shake. I do. But. Every, uh, no problem, every uh, sports station, you know, they're running the, the commercials for gambling and this and that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you young studs listening out there, I, I was a gambler for a while. And uh, <clears throat> the expression I use, um, you know, lady luck, that elusive, shadowy lady luck. If she's smiling on you, you might win. But there's, there's the saying, if you try, if you gamble, you try to get even and you get even worse. So be cautious, you young studs out there, okay? Because gambling is a turbulent, uh, a turbulent waters to get into. Um, all right, Danielle, that's it for me. Um, like always, you give everyone a fair shake, like I said, mm-hmm. and you got game. You got game, and you're going places. Well, so, and lastly, of course, like I always say, um, you got serious mojo behind your microphone. Okay. <laughs>
1: thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. And thanks for the call. I'll talk to you next week. Um, But you know what? You said that a long time ago about the gambling thing. I mean, I, I do like little bets online, like $5 here. Like if I really feel strong conviction about something, it's like $10 here. But you know, I, my balance in my one app is down to like $63 and I'm like panicking because it was up to like, it was up to like 250, you know? So I always, I always, uh, I always you know, that what your advice does pop into my mind, and I should have told you this while you were still on the phone, but that does pop into my mind sometimes. Like, all right, if I just bet $10 on this jet game, I, I'm sure I can make it back, and then you lose it. And then it's like, okay, I'm not – I don't have a gambling problem. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that I can understand the mentality behind it. And, again, I'm betting with $2 bet there, $3 there, 5 10, The 10 mo- I think the most I ever put down on a sports app, sports betting app is $20. And it was on the Tampa Bay Bucks to win the Super Bowl. So, yeah, that's how that's going. Let's go to Bob in Bayside. Bob, you're on the fan.
2: Yeah,
17: I remember you had that $10 parlay. And you needed Washington to win $110. Yes,
1: I know, and they freaking lost. I mean, they, they beat the Steelers. I mean, come on. Daniel. let me tell you,
17: Danielle, me tell oh. you. I, I am not impressed with Washington. Everybody else is with the front seven. Let me tell you something. They're a common team. Pittsburgh was playing their third game in 13 days. Yes. They wore down in the second half. I throw that game at as like giving props to Washington, and I know Pittsburgh is is was the worst eleven and team ever. But Pittsburgh has talent; they don't have a running game. But what Washington, to me, is is a common team. Believe me.
1: Yeah, and, I, th- I think the Steelers lost that game more so than Washington won that game. Right, yes, for sure.
17: One, one other thing. A few weeks ago, you said, and you were exactly right—a thousand percent. I
1: love hearing that. That what the did Giants,
17: I say? <laughs> that the Giants should hold back Danny, Danny, Daniel Jones, yes. until the Browns game tomorrow. Yes. Mm-hmm. But have him ready for that with the Hammy. Yep. Hammys are tough. You mm-hmm. know, you, you don't come right back. You know, I'm a big Yankee fan, but the Met fans will remember this in 1989. It's a little bit before your time. Yes, in 1989. <laughs> uh, Keith Hernandez blew his hamstring out, and he tried to rush it back like within a few uh, two weeks or so, and he was never the same after that.
2: Mm-hmm. And then he,
17: he went to Cleveland for one year and he retired. "You rush a hamstring." It, it it could take it could take months if you rush a hamstring.
1: Bob, and, and the only reason why I say that is because I, ha- I had one in high school. I had it. It happened to me in a basketball game, and it was not fun, and it was very finicky. You're feeling good one day, and the next day you're like, I can't walk up and down steps. This
17: kills me. But, but anyway, you're doing a great job, and we've got to hope for uh, Listen, the worst thing that happened yesterday, the other day, was at Bradbury's out, too. Yes.
1: I that, mean, that's the biggest blow of the day This Giants. is a
17: tough fall tomorrow, believe me. But uh, you've you got to hope. But I, I really believe Washington can lose three in a
1: row, and I'm not kidding. Oh, well, uh, that would be good. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all Bye-bye. right, Bob, thanks. Uh, would you be willing to put $10 on the fact that Washington would lose uh, for the next three games? I don't know. More of your calls after the break. Obviously, we've got Mike McKenna on the update, and I'll talk to you guys on the other side of the update. I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan. Welcome back here to McCartan After Midnight, or shall we say McCartan in the morning at this t- time. We are at the top of the hour at 4 o'clock in the morning here in New York City. We've got some check-ins from all around the country, actually, tonight. We've got some calls on hold from uh, California, from Florida. Actually, two from California, one from Florida. And then we've got, you know, local calls, obviously. And then we've got somebody on the check-in on Twitter, uh, Kyle Nuss. He said, this is the first time I've been tuning into WFN in a long time, and I'm glad I did. Kyle, I'm glad you're listening from Louisiana. Uh, he had a he had actually a question. The Jets obviously are going um, quarterback in in their first overall pick, but what do they do with their second first round pick? And I had an answer. Uh, the answer is that I think the Jets should go either offensive lineman or or. or edge rusher with that pick, I got to study and see who's out there, you know, but that's just generally, philosophically speaking, that's what they should target, then they go probably wide receiver or um, cornerback even, I forgot to mention corner, like on defense um, with with the next round, subsequent rounds, so uh, lots to look forward to if you're a Jet fan, to be honest with you, and a lot to look forward to if you're a Giant fan, because the Giants are playing on Sunday night football, so I'm going to have a hard time staying up for this game, I'm going to be quite honest, because... Normally on a Sunday, because neither of our teams typically play (laughs) on primetime games here in New York anymore, but the Giants are making their first appearance on Sunday Night Football since 2018. I might have to, I don't know, find a way to watch this game because usually after this show and, you know, the whole day, Sunday is kind of like kind of shot a little bit, but uh, I'm usually in bed by halftime, sleeping by halftime of that game. So I got to figure out a way to watch these Giants unless – I just DVR it and not check Twitter, but that's going to be impossible. So, uh, with that being said, the Giants have a tall task. Uh, Colt McCoy is in. Evan Ingram's questionable. You know, Colt McCoy plays a safe game. He's going to need to play more daring. He's going to have to attack the secondary. And that's what you're going to need to beat this Browns team. You're going to— it's. That that's what's gonna have to happen. The Giants are gonna have to beat the Browns through the air. The Browns secondary, as we've been talking about tonight, is completely thin. And for example, like for example, veteran safety, Andrew Sendejo, he's officially out with a concussion. He hasn't missed a snap all season. So if Cole McCoy could exploit that, could get the Browns to respect the pass, this could be a different game than what everybody's making this out to be, including me. I would put myself in that. Um Yeah, I mean, what's his name? Uh, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and oh yeah, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's coming off a Monday Night Football game where he had three touchdowns, two passing, one rushing, and 343 yards through the air on Monday Night Football versus the Ravens. So, I don't know how, how... Listen, I would love to be proved wrong. Here's my prediction. James Bradbury being out, that, that's a humongous blow to the Giants defense that has played up this entire season. We talk about it every week. There is only, and couple that with the fact that there is only one team in the NFL that has scored fewer points than the Giants through 14 weeks of football. That's the New York Jets. To be mentioned in the same sentence as the New York Jets, especially when your defense is um, not at full strength, we'll say, it's not a good thing. I got a final score, Cleveland 24, Giants 17. Cleveland 24, Giants 17. I would love to be proved wrong. I hope that the Giants prove me wrong because that makes more good phone calls. (laughs) And uh, just so you know, we'll go through the calls in a second, but just so you guys know, 440, we're doing beatboxing at 440 between the Cleveland Browns reporter and the New York Giants representative. So 440, we've got Daryl Ryder from the Browns taking on Brandon London from the Giants. That's a do-not-miss segment, so 440 in the morning for that. Okay, let's go to, out to California. Jacob in Beverly Hills. You're on the fan, Jacob.
4: Hi, no,
18: thanks for taking my call. Of course. Terrible job by that guy with the fake snore.
1: Terrible. It wasn't that fake. You could totally well, tell that, that was fake. I know how to fake it. He did a terrible job. Yeah. That was so obvious.
18: See? He's a jerk. You should slam him for that. You should get him on and slam him for doing that to your show.
1: And we call? Can we call him back?
18: I don't know. That's really not nice to do that to you, but...
1: Uh, you know what, Jay? Who, you know what? It makes for funny radio. Who cares? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Because if you slam them, you get more wise guys that think it's funny, and that's that's why I kind of just ignore it. It's like classroom
16: management. Mm. <laughs> oh, I hear that. All right.
18: So um, thanks for, again my call. I wanted to talk to you about, you know, I call in from L.A. Uh, I think that New York has the best fans in all of the sports, and I really appreciate the New York fans. Here in L.A., we don't have such passionate fans. So I call in and I listen to the fan. Yeah, you know, people go here to, to Dodgers and Lakers games just to go out and eat some popcorn with their kids and stuff. They're not passionate, diehard fans mm-hmm. over here. Yeah, I got you. Um, I just don't understand something. I'm calling the fan always, and it kills me because there's so much going on in sports that could be talked about. Trout, his upcoming legacy, what he could do to become the GOAT, to build around him, what he needs, mm-hmm. Mahomes. Uh, LeBron versus Jordan, Shady Brady and Belichick, thank God, finally going down, (laughs) what the Knicks need to do to get this nightmare over, why the NBA players turning this whole league into an all-star game and how much power they have, but yet everybody keeps on talking about Giants, Jets, Giants, Jets, and they are completely irrelevant for how many years already. Why don't people just give up and wait until they get back on the map? And by the way, even if the Jets get Lawrence, they are not going to be back for another few years. This guy, Herbert, should be being talked about, and they still can't even win. NFL needs a lot of pieces to make things to work. The only guy in the Giants that knows how to play football is Saquon Barkley, and he's injured. People should let go of this conversation 24 hours a day, which has been speaking of and speak about other things.
1: Okay, so your your call was about the Giants, right? And first of all, I di- totally disagree with you on the fact that Saquon Barkley is the only player that knows how to play football in the Giants. That's, that's totally false. Uh, again, we don't talk about and, and we don't talk about legit. Patrick Mahomes and everything because no one calls about Patrick Mahomes. This is a New York sports radio station, you know all that stuff. You want to talk about nothing wa-
18: relevant? There, the Giants are not relevant. Even
7: if the Giants are not relevant. The, the Giants
1: could win the NFC East and make the playoffs. Even that's if not they relevant. Win the
7: NFC East that's though, not relevant they're not to you. Going anywhere in the okay, playoffs? Okay, but they're making the playoffs. But they're making the playoffs. Pick.
1: But they're making the playoffs, which in my book means not relevant.
18: To the playoffs to get a bigger to get a pick. They're not going anywhere in the playoffs. They're going to barely you know make what? it to the miracle winning six games. You That's know, not a playoff team. But you know what?
1: Crazier things have happened in the playoffs, and Giants fans are well-versed in that. Giants won the Super Bowl as a wild-card team. You would know that, right? Living in California there. Come on! I know you called the show before. You want to talk about the Knicks? Let's talk yeah, about the Knicks. Had, let's talk, had, let's talk, had, about, let's talk about. how in, the Knicks have. Let's talk about how the Knicks have about, finally. I want to talk about. Wait! You mentioned the Knicks. Is this is my show. You're going to let me speak now. You're going to. You, you mentioned. You mentioned the Knicks. Sure. Let's talk about the Knicks. You got a question? How about Emmanuel Quickly? He's finally. The Knicks have finally found a point guard. Emmanuel Quickly opened up. Kevin Knox, uh, completely opened up. Kevin Knox, uh, Obi Toppin. The Knicks are going to be fun to watch. What they should do is make a, 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 a youthful lineup. Forget about the old guys. Keep the youth in. Is that what you want to talk about? What How about the Nets? You want to talk about the Nets, the Rangers, the Devils, the Islanders? What do you got for me? What do you got for me, Jacob?
18: I want to know why the Jets are spoken about more than two minutes a day on the fan. They are not relevant. In, even if they get Lawrence, it's going to take three years for the back of the map.
1: I agree with you. They, it's they going to take time. They can't make
18: the college it's... football playoffs. They wouldn't be a top-four team Listen, in, the, in the NCAA. I understand why your point. Why are they talked about? You've got fans calling in with high blood pressure, dying and praying and crying. They shouldn't be talked about more than two minutes a day.
1: See, that's where you're wrong. This is a New York sports radio station, and the Jets, while I agree with you that they are maybe, I don't know, two to three years away from making a move, but you never know into the playoffs, the reason why it's talked about is because the Jets fans are so passionate that they call up here and want to talk about their team. They want to discuss it. Sometimes I play therapists on this show, as you know, because you listen and you've called in before.
18: Well, okay. Um,
1: okay, still- Jacob, that's enough. That's enough out of you this week, Jacob. Try again next week. You guys want to talk about the Knicks? I'm prepared for the Knicks. I watched the games. They're 3-1 and in the preseason. The Nets are 2-0 and in the preseason. We finally might have winning sports here in New York with the two basketball teams that we got going on. I don't want to go so far as say the Knicks are going to be a winning basketball team. Don't take my words out of context, but the Nets are definitely favored to win. I actually have my little $10 bet. I'm very sure about this. The Nets are going to win the, the championship. I'm very sure about that. I put $10 on it. But the reason why football is talked about here is because it's week 15, football Sunday here in New York City. That's why. You want to talk about the Knicks, then you pick up the phone and you say, hi, Danielle, I want to talk about Emmanuel quickly and how um, quickly he is adapting to the NBA speed, pace of play, and all that stuff. I want to talk about that. Then you know what? You call up and you talk about that. You change the subject. I'll go wherever you guys want to go. I will. I, for sure, I will. But you can't get on my case for talking about the Jets and the Giants on a Sunday, December 20th. Come on. You're better than that. You've called before. You're better than that. Lenny in Fort Lauderdale. Lenny, you're on the fan.
19: All right, let's talk Kits and it's Fine. (laughs) Whatever you want, Lenny. (laughs) Just just kidding. Whatever you want. All right, a few things I got. First, um, let's talk about, first let me finish burning my sage so we can have a clean conversation. (laughs) 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 Anyway, uh, with Daniel Brown, everybody's picking on the coach for playing him. But you know what I'm thinking about that? Sometimes, you know, I don't think they were going to win that game anyway. And sometimes when a guy plays hurt, it kind of galvanizes the team, though, and this guy will go out there and play under any any circumstances. I know,
1: but Lenny, and
19: that may be uh, a positive in the long run. I you
1: know, Lenny, and I don't know. When you've got energy. zero rushing yards through the first quarter, zero rushing yards through the second yeah, quarter, zero through the ir- third. Earthful. Come on.
19: And that, that brings me on to my next point about running quarterbacks in the NFL. It scares me. I can't stand it.
1: It scares me.
19: I, I mean, these guys, the defenses. I I I think they should create a rule where the running back. I mean, the quarterback can't pass the line of scrimmage because
2: uh, that's these guys play
19: great happen. defense. They send these guys deep down the field, opens up the whole field. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the running backs. I mean, the QBs are very athletic nowadays. Of mm-hmm. course, mm-hmm. they beat one guy and they got thirty yards of field. To, to to make a, to make huge plays, it's just unfair to the defense.
1: Yeah, I mean, I get it's you. But
19: it's not... And what gets you more frustrating is I've never had a quarterback that could even rush for a first down. My quarterback runs into the offensive lineman's butt and gets a butt bumble. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know? so, well, that uh, same that, quarterback that's... took you to the AFC Championship game two yeah, years in a row. Yeah, I know. I liked
19: him. Oh. I liked him. But I don't know what happened to him. He just fell apart.
1: I know. I know. But yeah,
19: that really is starting to annoy me, the running quarterbacks.
1: I know. Len- Lenny, I get you. And, listen, that is the wave of the future here for, for the NFL. Look at all these guys coming out. I mean, starting in Lamar Jackson. Look around the league. It scares me because these guys are so highly paid. They are so uh, heavily invested in that – W- one bad hit, one defender who's got a grudge. You know, it could change the whole complexion of an entire team. Um, but as far as creating new rules and this and that, never going to happen. Uh-oh, I'm scared to go back out to California. Mark in California, you're on the fan, Mark.
20: Hey, what's up, Daniel?
21: What's up? How you doing? Okay. Good, good. Um, I'm the last caller in regards to Jets Giants. Like, I'm a Giants beat reporter for Bleacher Report. Like, I live in L.A. I'm from New York. Like, if you were to call, you know, KWF, which is the L.A., or you were to call freaking, let's just say, Texas, they talk about what? Houston, Texas, they talk about the Dallas Cowboys, right. right? Like, it's just each team has its own thing. Right. That's the way sports are. But if you want to start talking about L.A., Lakers weren't relevant for five years. You know, Dodgers weren't relevant at all. They win 100 games every year, and it's a bust. And let me tell you something about the Dodgers. They wouldn't have won the World Series in a 60-game season. It wouldn't have happened. It, it just wouldn't have. Like, you know, Blake Snell gets pulled. That's unbelievable to me. I couldn't
1: believe it. I couldn't believe it either. I could not believe that. Yep. That's that's worse than anything Aaron Boone has ever done.
21: (laughs) Well, I mean, guess what? If they would have had Severino, Severino would have been in that game. But anyway, like. It's a a lot of ifs
1: ifs and whats and all that. But yeah.
21: Yeah. But that's oxy. Ifs and whats is what I do want to talk about because I love the ifs and whats. I love thinking about the old stuff and the new stuff.
1: Mm -hmm.
21: You know, I thought 2017 and the 2019 Yankees team were probably the toughest teams to win titles. Mm -hmm. Yankees could easily have two World Series titles. They were that good. Uh, The roster to me in 2021 is a little strange, but I want to take a little bit of trip down memory lane real quick. And remember in 2013, the Yankees probably had like one of the worst seasons ever because, even the Red Sox won the title. You know, everything was just kind of crazy. But after that 2014 season, you had John Lester and Matt Scherzer basically – you know, in your lap. Mm-hmm. And I was clamoring for like, oh my God, Scherzer, you know, he'd still be pitching for the Yankees, Lester, whatever. But, um, you know, they signed Tanaka, which at the time, he was the best pitcher coming over. Mm-hmm. And I think he did servicefully pretty well for the Yankees, if you would agree to. Yeah, I think he agreed.
1: Was, he, Especially he, in the playoffs. He, I mean, playoff Tanaka. Yeah, absolutely, on. he was
21: dominant. Yeah. Dominant. They signed Brian McCann to a five-year $85 million deal, which at the time was Pretty good. McCann was coming off back to back 20 home run season, So that was pretty interesting with Posada going down. So it was like, okay, cool, you got your catcher now. They signed Carlos Beltran, which at the time was kind of head scratching to me, but the Ellsbury thing was so weird because mm. Ellsbury had one good year in Boston where he hit like I think twenty eleven, he had like thirty two and one oh five. And you know, the year that the Yankees signed Ellsbury, I think twenty thirteen, I think he only hit like nine and fifty. But he stole fifty bags, so everyone was like, "Whoa, this guy has speed!" You know, he's cool. All right, one let's let's, fast, let's fast forward
1: to current day Yankees. What's what's the yes, connection? One of the, exactly, one of the worst uh, things
21: ever. And so that's just one of the moves because they in twenty fifteen they limped into the playoffs against you know Houston. They lost that game, but I think you you know if Lester and Scherzer were available. I think it would have been interesting because then Judge in twenty seventeen had that chemistry. Sure, okay, um, but
1: but what about twenty twenty one? You know what I mean? Like we can't well, be living well, in the past. Just, here. I'm just
21: saying, like it shored up. The Yankees are still having pitching problems, like four years later. Yeah. If that would have happened, it could have shored things up. Yes. What about Michael Brantley in twenty like, eighteen? I understand. You know, you got Clint Fraser out there. He had a good, you know, twenty nineteen. But good. For him, I mean, the guy was love- a
1: gold, guy was a Gold Glove uh, finalist. Good, great.
21: We did this this year. I mean, in 2019, he had a little problems. Remember that Boston debacle with, you know, the outfield. But I, I'm definitely loving his game. I do not want him to go. I think he's the future. His great bat speed. You know, Correct. Gardner's kind of going to be on the way out. Yes. The biggest one to me was Justin Verlander. I just, I still just can't believe it. Like, I thought he was coming to New York. I thought, I literally thought, like, Chance Adams, Tyler Wade, Domingo Seville. I think that would have got it done. You know, and yeah, at Adams the time,
1: at the time, possibly, and Mark, thanks for the call. There, we're up a little bit against the break here. At the time, possibly, you know, I, I don't like playing what if. I really don't. And I, Mark, I know you do, and I appreciate that. But I don't like playing what if. I like looking into the future. You know, I kept asking, how does this translate to this twenty one team? How does this translate to next year? And, you know, that's the question. The pitching, yeah, sure. The pitching is the question mark. Always, always has been for the past how many years? Yeah, number two. Who's the Yankees number two starter? We don't know. We don't know who that's going to be. No one knows who that's going to be. What are the see everything is following DJ LeMay Hughes' lead? That's what needs to happen. Yankees should just go ahead and just get it done, rip the Band-Aid off, and then they can figure out their finances from there. That's what's going to have to happen. But as far as you know, past misses, it's, it's easy to say now that those guys were passed on and missed on. You know, it, it's easy, it's Monday morning quarterbacking, it's easy to do that but you have to look for the future who who's going to be the best pitcher in, in next year that's a free agent no one knows you can make an educated guess you can you can guess but you don't know for sure and in that sense i don't that's why i don't like looking back everybody's 100% right when you look back of course and we got beatboxing at 440 and the more of your calls oh wow we're still good this is so good nick you're my good luck charm all right you guys i see you hang in there i'll get to you i'm daniel mcarden on the fan Welcome back to New York Sports Radio here in New York City where we talk about our New York teams. I'm Danielle McCartan with you on the fan. Remember at 440, we've got Beatboxing, Cleveland Browns, Daniel Ryder. Daryl, sorry, Daryl Ryder against New York Giants, Brandon London. Obviously, we're talking everything New York sports here. You want to talk about the Knicks, the Nets, Jets, Giants, Mets, Yankees, whatever you want. The floor is yours. We've got the Giants on Sunday Night Football. Uh, later today, or later tonight, I should say. We've got the Jets traveling all the way to L.A., to only to come back with a big L, another big L on the West Coast. Yankees, nothing really doing with D.J. LeMahieu. And uh, and the Mets, they got a good catcher in, in, in McCann, a great catcher in McCann. Let's go to the phones, I want to make sure we are all clear before the 440 segment there. So, Eric in Konkama. Eric, you're on the fan.
22: You know, Danielle, I was getting a little excited about the gelato. right and then and then i hear a fake snore and a guy calling to complain about why we're not talking about mike trout and stuff like that let me tell you something first off good morning and i hope you have a very happy holiday Yes, you thanks all right uh as far as i'm concerned as good of a player as he is he's irrelevant to me because he's out on the west coast and i got to sleep to wake up to go to work okay so that's why i don't watch him me too okay Mm -hmm. right Okay. Well,
1: Mike Trout was home in New Jersey, by the way, for the past couple days. There's our Mike Trout reference for the day. How, how's that? Oh, how's that, Jacob? Okay. Mike Trout that, was home that, here that, in New Jersey in the snow.
22: That, that works for me. There you go. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I sent you a message a couple of weeks ago about, uh, I think it was right after the, uh, the, yeah, the day after the Giants beat Seattle. Mm-hmm. And I asked if, uh, if the Seattle win allows them, to, uh, maybe hold back Jones another week Mm -hmm. until, you know, and, um, you know, your response was, you know, that that's a good idea. We're going to, you know, we'll we'll obviously discuss that. And, uh, you know, if you think about it, it would have now Washington ended up being Pittsburgh, but you know, if you think about it, it still would have made sense because you know, we, everyone's always says, you know, hamstrings are pretty tricky, Mm -hmm. which, you know, and who knows, who knows if. That even contributed to his now ankle injury as well. You know, I was thinking you the know. same
1: thing. I almost, I almost yeah. want to say yes.
22: Right. I mean, I look. I have a bad hip, and it affects every part of my lower body. So mm-hmm. believe me, you know, the, you, you have one thing; it, it certainly, you know, throws you off on on others. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's that. That's one thing. You know, as far as the Mets, look. I mean, I'm very happy with the McCann signing. I was saying they should get McCann on there. I'm getting a little worried though with a lot of what I'm hearing from Mets fans in in general. I'm not saying all of them. But it sounds like either a lot of people did not watch that press conference with Steve Cohen or they didn't. They forgot. And they're just looking at the dollar signs surrounding him because, you know, it, it, they want to snatch a lot of them, not everybody, but a lot of them want to snatch everybody up on the market. And he said very clearly he's not going to do that. Yes. You know, I mean, let, let's let's look at what he's done so far. I mean, he, he got the catcher. OK, he got a, a a relief pitcher. All right. He got more, most importantly, a GM on there, someone who's got experience in the office, front yes. office.
2: Mm-hmm. On
22: there, I mm-hmm. mean, you know, he, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing, you know, him and Alderson. Mm-hmm. So, and, and all signs are indicating that he's very close on Springer, which I, I'm very happy with.
1: Yeah, and, and you know what else, too? People are t- also forgetting to 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 take into consideration that Conforto is due, uh, Syndergaard right. is due. Like, do yes. you want to keep these guys or what? What do you want to do?
22: Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And and plus, they had to tender, uh, you know, Matt's. Yes. You know uh, everything. I mean, you know a lot of these things. You know, let let it fall. First of all, we don't even know what the season's going to look like, right? Because they're already complaining about the uh, you know the the COVID, uh, you know, uh, vaccination and stuff. And then on top of that, next off season is the collective bargaining agreement. Yes. I mean, let's let's set the team up so that it looks good going forward and and make the moves as they go. I mean, right now I'm very happy with 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 the way things are going on there. And you know, like I said, let's let's hope they get Springer. You know, if they don't sign him tomorrow, that's fine. I mean, a lot of these guys lately have been going very late. You know, with the signings. So the Yankees haven't
1: really made one notable move yet. So I get you. Yeah, right. Right. There's no immediacy. Yes.
22: Right, but but because of that, now let's swoop in and get uh, you know Lemayu. I you know what? We don't need him. Okay. So it'd be a nice it'd be a nice little treat, but we don't need him. Exactly. So let's let's calm it down. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's see how it falls uh, when it's all said and done with and then make the reaction on it. Hey, you have, look, you have a great holiday, and I'll speak to you next week.
1: All right, Eric, appreciate the call. Thank you. All good points. Always, always good points. Eric and I, we always agree on everything. So that's that's why he makes good points. I'm just saying. No, but let me talked about it. DJ LeMahieu for the Mets would be a luxury, not a necessity. I said it the other week. My dad always says, do you need it or do you want it? Mets fans want DJ LeMahieu. They don't necessarily need him. Jeff in Fairview. Jeff, you're on the fan.
23: Danielle, yeah, you are fired up.
1: I am. I, you know, why I, this is this is two weeks in a row where I've slept at least a half an hour before that my show started. So that's probably why. That explains it.
23: That's it. Keep
1: doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try. I try.
23: All right. It
1: <laughs> doesn't, doesn't always work out, but I try.
23: You're doing a great job. Thank you. Uh, I got like four or five things. Give me the time, but they're quick things. Okay, I want
1: to take notes as you go. Go ahead. Number one. All right.
23: Uh, I agree with Don, though. He was a great, you know, good jet. Did all the good things. But if he has to leave, I would say Washington Redskins. Now, I'm not exactly a Giant lover. I'm a Jet fan. Mm -hmm. That would be interesting to watch him go against the Giants twice a year. I think that, and they need it. They need a quarterback.
1: Well, I mean, it just depends on Alex Smith, I guess. Really, Alex Smith is their
23: quarterback. I know, but you can't, I like him too, but you can't trust him, you know, with that leg, you know? Yeah.
1: and Haskins, I, I don't trust at all. But yeah, Washington yeah. would be, uh, yeah, I didn't consider Washington. Yeah, I'll give you that one, sure.
23: Oh, okay. James McCann mm-hmm. and Steven Mets, they used to work out
1: together? They did, yes, they for years, actually, for a couple off seasons, and it, definitely during quarantine, yes.
23: Good. Now, when Matt slept, when the season ended, I was totally done with Matt mm-hmm. but if they hung out, I mean, can he fix them? I mean, it was going to take a miracle, but I believe in miracles because I've seen nine Mm -hmm. years old and I've seen the 16 I met. Yeah. Hopefully he could do it.
1: Well, you know what? It's just too, like, as a coach, you know. Look at what's his name. Uh, look at Gerrit Cole and the Yankees. He has the trust in Kyle Higashioka. He performs better with him. So the yes. the trust, the, the familiarity, the trust factor. I would I would bet that Mats is, has, is going to have a bounce back year. Yes, I wouldn't be too concerned about Mats to be honest with you, for the fact that James McCann will be his catcher. Yes,
23: uh, I am still concerned about Mats, but I hope I hope, hope you're right, and I hope he does a great job. Now you got Kawa. Like, Boomer always says it. When the Jets need a coach, he said it before they got balls. He said it before they got gays. Mm-hmm. Now I love Boomer. He's great at he, what he does. Yep. It be great if Cowher wants to coach my team. I would take him in a, in a jippy like you Instant,
1: Instantaneously. And, and listen, Boomer is one of those guys. I, he wouldn't have leaked that information, a quote-unquote yeah. leaked that information, if, if there was nothing behind it. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a little impetus yeah. behind it. And Cowher... Absolutely sign him up already. Yes.
23: I hope he's, yeah, I hope he's right. I, I would love Cowan. Yep. I love, Me too. love the guy. Me too. Uh, now, quickly, uh, Manish made it. Did he get fired yet from the Daily move? I believe
1: yes. Mm-hmm.
23: Good. I could not. I, I was saying it years ago when Mark Melissa did the overnight, you know, with, I'm a Jet fan, mm-hmm. with Rex Ryan. He used to start all this stuff. This guy deserves it. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't care. I'm I'm glad he's gone. I, I could not stand this guy. And last but not least, and I'm a Knicks fan, I think that you're sorry enough for the Nets going to go to the finals. I'm just saying, I think it's going to be the Lakers. And watch out for the Miami Heat. They played the Lakers good last year. <laughs> they have a team. They play team basketball, and they have great shooters on that team. So I would love to see them beat the Nets. Beat the,
1: beat the Lakers, you said?
23: The Nets. Oh, I the Nets. Love Nets. Nets, 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 Nets. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm a yeah. Knicks fan. I don't like the Nets. That's how I am. <laughs> but <laughs> I like the Mets, just Knicks and Rays, I hate everybody else.
1: <laughs> well, Jeff, thanks for the call there. And real quickly on, on the basketball point there, uh, I, I think it's the Lakers for sure, representing the West for sure. Um, it's real. This is really going to depend on uh, I, uh, Kyrie Irving and what kind of teammate he's going to be in Brooklyn. That's how this is going to depend. If, if the whole thing blows up, This is like we're playing with fire here in New York with the Brooklyn Nets. Either the whole thing's going to blow up or they're going to win the championship. That's how I feel with this team. And now there's rumors of James Harden coming to the Nets. I don't know. Take him if – take James Harden if Kyrie Irving goes in exchange for him. That's it. That's the only way I'm taking James Harden on the Brooklyn Nets. That's it. So we got beatboxing up momentarily. Very exciting segment here on McCartan After Midnight. Um. Yeah, so hang in there. We got Daryl Ryder from the Cleveland Browns and Brandon London from the New York Giants. I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan.
2: McCartan. Sports Radio 1019 FM. The Fan.
1: Welcome to Beatboxing, where beat reporters from each team square off inside your listening device. Let's meet this week's contenders. Weighing in for the New York football giants is Brandon London, a Giants Super Bowl champion wide receiver and current TV host of the New York Giants. And representing the Cleveland Browns is Daryl Ryder, beat reporter for sports radio 92.3 The Fan, which is our WFAN sister station in Cleveland, Ohio. Round one, everybody. Emoji time. I want you to choose and explain one emoji, not a gif or gif, whatever. One emoji to explain your team at this very moment in time. Dower Ryder from the Cleveland Browns, we'll start with you.
8: I'm going with the celebrate emoji because the Browns are... This close to ending the NFL's longest playoff drought at 18 years in running. It has been a long, painful journey from 4-44 and 44 to now 9-4 and four and on the cusp of making
3: the NFL postseason.
1: Brandon London from the Giants, you're up.
3: The no face emoji, the no smile, no emotion emoji after we beat the Seattle Seahawks uh, in the biggest upset, I feel like, in the NFL this year, I think we over too much as um, Big Blue Nation and that kind of came back and backfired against us last week against the Cardinals. We got everybody out with COVID, it feels like. We don't know what Daniel Jones is going to be like with his health this week, so... No, no emotion, no smile, no frown. We're just gonna watch the way this game plays out.
1: Round two. Let's go to Brandon London, the New York Giants first. Brandon, what is the perceived weakness in your opponent, which is the Browns this week?
3: Right now, I believe their perceived weakness is their humility. You know, I think they're a little overexcited right now just because they're nine and four, as uh, the statesman just uh, mentioned. And I think Browns Nation, are, they're, they're a little excited because they've never been there before. So I think they've climaxed too early to say the least, and they still have a couple more games of football to get into the playoffs. So I feel like going against this Browns team, they're a little overly excited, but at the same time, we still have to handle business, not turn the ball over, and uh, make sure Baker Mayfield turns the ball over as many times as whatever commercials that is blowing up on TV allows them to.
1: Dow, Del- <laughs> Sorry, Dow Del- Ryder. From 92.3, the fan in Cleveland, you're
8: up. Brandon hasn't watched the Browns' secondary this year. Um, (laughs) I'm going to go with the uh, Giants' offensive line. Their quarterbacks get treated like pinatas. Um, They're getting sacked more than Baker Mayfield got sacked last year, and he got dropped 40 times. It's incredible. And Miles Garrett gets to go against that. (laughs) He's in for a nice (laughs) <laughs> nice evening, man. I can't wait to see the damage the Browns are going to do against that New York Giant line.
1: Round three is a hotly uh, uh, debated topic here in New York radio. A little bit of background who won the Odell Beckham Jr. trade? March 13, 2019, is a date that is going to live in infamy. The Giants shipped off Mercurial wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. to Cleveland for his career, supposedly to die. The Giants are nine and twenty since that trade, which they received Jabril Peppers and two draft picks, which turned into Dexter Lawrence and Oshane Zimenez. Since that day, the Browns are fifteen and fourteen. So, Daryl Ryder, who, in your opinion, won it? Uh, not Jabril
8: Peppers, apparently, because he said "oh bleep" when he found out he was part of the trade and not <laughs> getting to play with Odell Beckham Jr. Um, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna say the New York Giants simply because. Both Peppers and Kevin Zeitler, who was also included in that mega deal, are on the field. Olivier Vernon, who also came to Cleveland in that trade, has been okay. But he's not been a dynamic game-changer opposite of uh, Miles Garrett. So I, I think just by virtue of the fact that the Giants have players participating involved in that trade and also making some plays for them, I'll lean toward the New York football Giants. But I do think if Beckham is able to come back healthy... He can come from behind and help the Browns win it.
1: Brandon London, New York Giants, who won the Odell Beckham Jr. trade? We
3: we definitely won that trade. Uh, I am a huge Odell guy, but in football, we say the best ability is availability. And he has not been able to show that he can play a full season. I think we got two pro bowlers out of this trade. I think Jabril Peppers has shown that he can, he's been playing pro bowl like football and sexy Dexy, maybe not this year, but sometime within his career, I feel like he is going to make a a pro bowl. Also, like you said, Kevin Zeitler has helped, has helped the offensive line. But again, these guys are on the field. And that's one thing that we needed, especially with the contracts we had with Odell and OV.
1: Let's move on to round four. Young quarterbacks, listen, uh, generational talent, that phrase, in my opinion, is completely overused across all of sports, not just football. But I'll phrase it like this. Would you rather have Baker Mayfield or Daniel Jones quarterbacking your team for the next 10 years? And we'll start with Super Bowl winning giant Brandon London. Go ahead.
3: All right. I know the organization is going to be upset with me on this one, but I have to take Baker Mayfield. And here's why. It's New York. New York is is it's football it's football but it's entertainment as well and I've and Baker Mayfield has shown that he can take criticism he can take the haters piling on him and still go out and play good football still go out and overcome adversity. plus we've had Eli we Daniel Jones is another version of Eli when you think personality wise it'd be great for a team in New York to have a flashy quarterback like Broadway Joe again. And, and, and bring more fans into the stands just off the flashiness of the play. So I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield only because the entertainment aspect of what he does and what he brings.
1: All right. Darrell Ryder from 92.3, the fan in Cleveland. Who would you rather have quarterbacking your team, Mayfield or Jones over the next 10 years?
8: I agree with Brandon. I would go Baker Mayfield for a couple of reasons. Number one, durability. He's the first Browns quarterback in about 40 years to mm. start more than 40 games in a row. Number two, when Baker arrived in Cleveland, the Browns could not win a football game. No, that's not an exaggeration. They went 0-16. They could not win a football game. He's 21-21 as the Browns' starting quarterback. Third, what he's doing on the field for all the criticism that he's getting, he's doing things that Browns quarterbacks have never done. First guy ever in franchise history to amass 10,000 yards passing In his first three seasons also, well, it's about to be broken, but he did set the rookie touchdown record, at least for a couple of years. So I'm going Mayfield.
1: All right, you guys are bringing the fire this week. Okay, round five, we'll move on. Coaches. So as we know, COVID-19 has forced Jason Garrett, most notably Jason Garrett, to the sidelines this week, most notably because we've got Freddie Kitchens calling the offensive plays for the Giants against his former team, the Browns, who he coached for one season. In this familiar situation, which team has the advantage,
8: Daryl? I'm going to say neither, and here's why. (laughs) First of all, uh, you know, Freddie Kitchens has the familiarity with the Cleveland Browns and their personnel, right? But on the flip side, the Browns have this very same familiarity with Freddie Kitchens, and that's why I just – I don't think that there really is – an advantage here. If there is, it's a slight one to Cleveland because what hurt Kitchens most in Cleveland is getting caught up in the moment and caught up in emotion. And it's part of the reason why Kevin Stefanski has been so successful in his first year, nothing shakes him. So I'm going to say it's a draw. There's no real clear advantage here with Kitchens
3: calling plays. Brandon, agree? Disagree? I'm going to disagree. I think this is Freddie Kishin's audition after a bad movie. His time in Cleveland was was like one of those bad movies that an actor has, and they have to you know, go and take a couple uh, co-starring roles in a gig. Now he has an opportunity to, to... He's auditioning for an offensive coordinator job, whether it's with the New York Giants and what they're going to do with Jason Garrett. You hear a lot of grumblings. But somewhere else in the NFL, I think he's. you're looking at this for him I got Colt McCoy as my starter. If I can come in, put 17 to 24 points on the board, then not only will we get this win, but he may get himself an OC job next year.
1: Round six, my key matchup anyway, I don't know what you guys think, but my key matchup is uh, Miles Garrett and the Browns defensive line against the ever-changing, very young Giants offensive line, which we already talked about briefly. Who wins the battles in the trenches this weekend, Brandon?
3: Ooh, it's painful to say, but I really like Cleveland's defensive line. Obviously, Miles Garrett is—I know you hate the word Danielle—but a generational talent. I mean, the guy is is unreal. Uh, you're putting up, putting him up against a a rookie who has been. It's been a roller coaster ride for him so far with his play. And I just feel as though that defensive line is Cleveland's anchor and they're going to get after it because they are hungry. Uh, So Miles Garrett and that defensive line have the upper hand against the Giants' offensive line. But if we can get the run game going, tire him down a little bit, I think we've got a shot.
1: Daryl, is there any tiring down of Miles Garrett and who wins the Battle of the Trenches? Uh, There is.
8: Remember, Miles Garrett's coming off of COVID-19. He spoke this week at how he's still undergoing breathing treatments to get his conditioning and his body back from that virus. But get your mop and bucket because it's going to be a bloodbath in the trenches. (laughs) I hope that whether it's Daniel Jones or my boy Colt McCoy, they're wearing flak jackets because they're going to need it. Uh, And oh, yeah, Olivier Vernon. Remember that guy? He definitely wants to come in and have a few free shots at the Giants quarterback since he got shipped out uh, of New York City. So I think a clear advantage to the Cleveland Browns in the trenches.
1: Round seven, the final round, the decisive round is the game outcome. So last I checked, anyway, the Giants are six and a half point underdogs, depends where you look at home in prime time, Sunday night football versus the Browns. Uh, We could still see some fluctuation in the line too, but who wins this game and how does it play out? We'll go with the visiting team and Daryl Ryder from 92-3, the fan, Cleveland.
8: I think the Browns are going to win this game, but the New York Giants are going to be a lot more competitive than people want to give them credit for. There's a lot on the line for both of these teams. Browns trying to nail down that playoff berth and positioning, the Giants fighting for their lives in the NFC East, but. I think the Browns are going to be able to control the game with their offense. And uh, on the flip side, defensively, the New York Giants, their chance to beat the Browns is actually to attack Cleveland's secondary. Quarterback play is going to be critical for New York in this game because if they're able to throw against the Browns, Giants are going to be able to stay in this game. We've seen it this year uh, with Cleveland. But I do think the Browns win. I got them winning 26-16. 26-16.
1: Brandon, you won a Super Bowl with the Giants in the biggest primetime game that there possibly could be. Did the Giants pull this one off this weekend?
3: Absolutely. The Giants are going to win this game because the Cleveland Browns don't scare me. The Seattle Seahawks scared me when we went in there and we beat them. And what did we see? As long as we don't turn the ball over and we give our defense a shot, then we can win a game. Patrick Graham has been phenomenal with the pieces and the groceries that he has to cook uh, a W stew. Uh, But you just see, as long as Colt McCoy does not turn the ball over, as long as we attack that secondary, and as long as Wayne Gallman, we keep feeding Wayne Gallman, and that run game gets us about 100 to 130 yards this game, then we have an actual shot. Colt McCoy, this is it for you, bro. You can do it. Patrick, Graham, you've been doing it for us all year. Let's go Giants defense.
1: Daryl Ryder from the fan, 92-3 the fan in Cleveland. What is your closing argument in favor of the Cleveland Browns?
8: Brandon, I got two names for you. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, 2,000
3: mm. yards, 20 touchdowns between them, my friend. Yeah, look, look, the run game, you guys, if we shut that run game down, then I shut down enough, I want to put the ball in Baker Mayfield's hand. This time for you guys, it's time for him to earn those direct TV commercials or whatever commercials is flooding my TV every three seconds. Now he's proven that he can play, but now December football is where legends are made. So I feel as though we put the ball in Baker Hay- Baker Mayfield's hand, then we have a chance to win this game.
1: All right. And speaking of winners, I had my scorecard all totaled up taking notes as you guys were talking round one, went to Cleveland and Dowel Rider. <laughs> Uh, I liked uh, the uh, longest playoff drought thing. Round two went to Brandon London and the Giants. The humility made me laugh out loud as, as the Browns' biggest weakness. Round three could have been a draw, but I love the line. I, and I might use this even the best availability, the best ability is availability, Brandon. So that round went to you. Round four went to Dowell Ryder and the Browns. Durability 40 games in a row for Baker Mayfield. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah five round five Freddie kitchen's auditioning as an offensive coordinator brandon round five went to you daryl ryder you took round six with that little COVID 19 nugget with uh, miles garrett there and the mop and bucket also laugh out loud funny (laughs) and then the fight it then at that point it was a one two three one two three, three 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 tie through through uh six rounds the final the final round round seven with the W Stew reference, Brandon London, I had to give that to you.
3: Thank you. It just popped up out of nowhere too. I don't even. Know, I don't even know where I was going with that one. But you know, this it's it's this is one of those games where I think people are going to be glued to all over because you obviously you want to see what you have in a Baker Mayfield. But I think people they don't they're, we're not sleeping on. This New York Giant football team that has been what four and one in the last five games. So it's going to be a great game, either way.
8: Browns are 4-1 and in their last five as well. They've put up 40 points of uh, total offense in these last two games. Uh, they, seven times this year, they put 30 on the board. So I'm excited to see what the Browns are able to do as it gets down to crunch time. And regardless of how this season plays out for Cleveland, this is invaluable experience for Baker Mayfield, for Freddie Kitchens, for an organization that, again, just three, four years ago could not win a single football game. I still think they're getting in the playoffs, but they have to win Sunday night. If they lose to the Giants Sunday, they put themselves in jeopardy because of some of those uh, critical tiebreakers. And uh, we in Cleveland know about playoff tiebreakers. The only year the Browns went 10-6. and six, They lost the tiebreaker back in 2007. So a must win for the Brownies.
1: Mm. Brandon, Darryl, thank you so much for joining me tonight on Beatboxing.
8: That was fun. Thanks, Daryl. Good luck. No shame in losing to a Super Bowl champ.
1: <laughs> I've made my decision. Now it's your turn. Head to Coach McCartan on Twitter, that's M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, to cast your vote to give out the Listener's Choice beatboxing belt. In doing so, please consider strength of argument and also delivery. Well, here we are. I'm checking the, the live feedback really quickly Uh, On my Twitter account, at Coach MCCARTAN, right now, Brandon London leads Daryl Ryder, 71% to about 29, rounding it off here. So you guys go ahead and get your votes in. I I have the poll running for another 27 minutes because I would like to crown a Listener's Choice winner by the end of tonight. So I've got lots of feedback coming in. Good, great, thank you. Cast your vote. Who's our winner? Is it Brandon London of the Giants or Daryl Ryder from The Fan in Cleveland, our sister station? So thank you to both of them. Uh, Love the energy that they brought. Hope you guys enjoyed the segment. Looking for feedback on that too. So let me know what you thought about the segment. Is it a keeper moving forward? And we have a a Mike McCann update here at the top of the hour at just about 5 a.m. here in New York City. You guys get aboard. The lines are open for you, 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan with you on The Fan in New York City.
2: Danielle
1: McCartan. Sports Radio, 101.9 FM. The Fan. W-F-A-N. Welcome back here, guys, in the final hour here of now. We have shifted to McCartan in the morning. I am Danielle McCartan, and he is Nick behind the glass. He is taking your calls up until 6 o'clock in the morning. Bob Salter's coming your way. Everybody, we have been, um, I don't know, ta- talking a lot of things tonight. We- we've gone in many different directions, which I'm fine. We even went down the the conspiracy theory New York Jets route where people are saying that Bill Belichick is going to throw the game on purpose in week 17 so that the Jets cannot get Trevor Lawrence or cannot land, let's say, Trevor Lawrence with the number one overall pick. Yes, we went there. That's fine. Kept it sticking to sports. So, of course, uh, the Giants have a very important game coming up. Basically, if they lose... And the Washington football wins later today on uh, on NFL Action Week 15 action. The Giants' chance of making the playoffs is pretty much as good as nothing, as good as zero. I think it's a 2% chance last I checked. Um, Bowl games, if you are a Jet fan, you are paying close attention to two bowl games in particular today, Ohio State versus Northwestern, number four, Ohio State versus number 14, Northwestern. On the Big Ten Championship, uh, one thing you notice if you watch that that Ohio State game is that senior running back, Trey Sermon, 331 rushing yards. That's a Big Ten championship record and an Ohio State single game record. So um, why would you be watching this if you're a Jeff fan? Obviously to compare and contrast the quarterbacks. I think when you look at Trevor Lawrence, and I don't – listen, I don't get, like, real hyped or real excited about these guys coming out of college. I know – I've talked to so many players that say, like, the college system is completely different than the NFL system. You know, the, the pace of play, the speed at which the defenders come at you – I'm talking from the quarterback's perspective, the the, the stunts, all this. It's, it's a completely different game. With that understanding, operating with that understanding, right – I, that's how I look at these two potential quarterbacks, future quarterbacks in the New York Jets. Would I love Sam Darnold to have worked out here? Yes. I love Sam Darnold. I love that he stands up there with basically with Teflon on, week in, week out, day in, day out, fields those questions from the reporters. He has been an excellent soldier. I wish him the best of luck to resurrect his career elsewhere. couple places we were mentioned tonight. Um, I think he ends up in Pittsburgh. We had a caller suggest Washington, which is also probably a good fit. Um, we had another caller suggest the uh, Chicago Bears, also a good fit. So, I, you know, I wish the best of luck to Sam Darnold. I know he's still on the Jets roster, but unofficially I'm wishing him the best of luck in his next endeavor because as soon as he gets away from Adam Guru, you, you mark it, book it, bet it, he will be in the running for comeback player of the year. Guaranteed. But anyway, back to the two quarterbacks that are have potential to be the Jets quarterback's next year trevor lawrence absolutely the more i watch him the more i see him the more he is so nfl ready from the get-go trevor lawrence is it now the problem is if the jets don't get the number one overall pick is justin fields the guy right now see I i listen i'll be honest i have not watched all of these guys throughout every game you know i don't like watching the fluffy games though Everybody looks good in the fluffy games. How about the games, you know, where something matters? How about a bowl game where it's a national audience? I got to tell you, Justin Fields continues to really not impress me as this quote-unquote generational talent. He's a dual threat, nice, which is the way of the future. There was a heavy reliance on the run game today. And and I point to, oh, you're going to say, oh, it was one play, whatever. But, okay, the red zone interception, right? Ohio State was down ten to six at this point. Important possession, important red zone trip. He threw the ball to the end zone in single coverage, where he should have led the wide receiver to the pylon, right, working from like left to right to the pylon. He should have thrown it that way. He actually threw it on the wrong—he threw it on the goalpost side uh, shoulder of the receiver, which is where the defender was. That doesn't fly in the NFL. It clearly doesn't even fly uh, in, in college football here. Okay, you, th- that's, a, that's a fundamental issue. That's a fundamental problem that will not translate to the NFL. Okay? I know it's one play. I know. But it was a huge play in a big game, and he did not come through. In fact, in the whole game, he finished with 114 passing yards, 4.2 average yards per completion, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. I know someone that can do that for the Jets. His name is Sam Darnold, and the reason why the Jets are, are not going to most likely bring him back is because they're the CBA and the, the everything. They're basically in the fifth year. They're pretty much going to be owing him just about twenty five million dollars. Sam Darnold is not a twenty five million dollar annually quarterback. That's it. I played for the Jets the, in, the, in the open. Frank Sinatra's "Here's to the Losers." To the Jets, lose out. Change the direction of your franchise by losing out. I know, right? I was cheering for the the Raiders when Derek Card threw that ball downfield. I was like, catch it, catch it, catch it, catch it. And then I was like, yay, caught it. That's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. And and Connor McGovern uh, took total offense to it, but he shouldn't. It's not personal. It's just the Jets have had so much losing that with three more games and three more potential losses, they could have – You know, a a franchise-altering draft, this upcoming draft, and a franchise-altering offseason next season with all of their draft capital and all of their capital capital, all of their uh, cap space, right? Uh, The Mets, I played Marshmallow and Kane Brown one thing right because the Mets, they've made a a lot of mistakes in the past, the Mets, uh, Robinson Cano being the biggest one as of recent, but they definitely got one thing right, and that was James McCann. Four years, round up to $41 million he was, yeah, Real Muto is out there, right? You know, he's a great catcher, but he's real expensive. And if the Mets went out and got JT Real Muto, that means they were locked up. They couldn't do any more. But by getting McCann, who is, in my opinion, just as good, maybe a little less, but just as good, right? By doing that, it opens up more potential um, places to put the Mets' money, to put Steve Cohen's money. Uh, if you're in the Mets, you're targeting George Springer, I hope by this time next week, when I'm talking to you guys this time next week, give him, give him seven days, George Springer will be on the Mets. That's what I hope for the Mets. Um, as far as the Yankees, I played Ariana Grande. Just keep breathing, breathing. Well, I don't know if Yankees fans want to take her advice to just keep breathing because DJ LeMayhew and the Yankees are reportedly more than $25 million apart. In the latest reports, DJs are seeking five years at 110 million. The Yankees are stuck at four years at 84 million. Here we are with another week, another non-answer, and another non-starter to the Yankees offseason, which is another week of frustration to the fan base. Yeah, Cashman's doing a lot of lip service, but if I'm a Yankee fan, I'm almost ready to hit this panic button because the longer this goes on, the more worried I get. Because the Blue Jays are serious bidders. The Nationals have shown interest. The Reds are interested. The whole damn league is interested in DJ LeMahieu. And don't forget that although, in my opinion, he's not a great fit for the New York Mets, because we've talked about it tonight, that they've got a second baseman in Jeff McNeil. That's his natural position. Jeff McNeil is a good second baseman. We did a statistical analysis a few weeks ago. There's not much defensive drop-off between Jeff McNeil and DJ LeMahieu. as crazy as that sounds. I looked at it. So there's not a – it's not a fit like a glove, let's just say. And if he wants to play first base, well, first base is totally locked up by the Mets, by Dom Smith and and Pete Alonso. Who knows what's going to happen with the DH moving forward. But what I'm saying is there's not real room for him on the Mets lineup, DJ LeMahieu. So – but – that, that, that doesn't mean anything because Steve Cohen can just come in here and, and pull the rug out under from under Brian Cashman and take D.J. LeMahieu away. We talked about it the first time I mentioned it. was the first time anybody really talked about it was on Halloween night. I was on here. We talked about it. So at what point does D.J. Lemayhu kind of get fed up? There's no need to play hardball here. Get the job done. Let the rest of your pieces fall into place. And then for the Giants, I played Taylor Swift's out of the woods. Are the Giants out of the woods yet? Are they in the clear? Actually, no, um, they're in a worse position than they were. If they're trying to, if their goal is to, to win the NFC East, they are in a worse position than they were this time last week. They suffered a 26 to seven beat down loss to the Arizona Cardinals, which I thought they were going to win that game. I thought the giants were, were poised to win that game. And, uh, they're in trouble. They're in trouble this week. Uh, when they play the Browns, when they welcome the Browns on Sunday night football, there's so many different things. Uh, Jason Garrett out because of COVID. That, that's, that's big. Daniel Jones, I don't, is it confirmed yet? He's, he's, he won't be playing. It's Colt McCoy under center. And then we've got, um, uh, what's his name? Bradbury, also out. James Bradbury is probably, I, I think he's one of the top three cornerbacks in the league, I would say. Definitely a pro baller, in my opinion. So he's out. So as, even if... The Giants go ahead and, and plug up the run of, of Nick Chubb and uh, – oh, God, why is the guy – what's his name? What, what's the other running back's name in the Browns? Oh, God. It's, it's, it's escaping me. Kareem Hunt. Oh, my God, I got it. Kareem Hunt. I don't know how that just came to me. So, Kareem Hunt – Nick Chubb, as, even if they plug that up, and oh, oh, yeah, Baker Mayfield too ran for a rushing touchdown uh, uh, last week on Monday Night Football, three hundred and forty three yards through the air. Okay, so even if the Giants are able to plug up the run with Bradbury out, that's tough. That's real tough, especially Jarvis Landry, Baker Mayfield. Jarvis Landry, I think, is going to have a day, but Patrick Graham has been inventive in the past. They've got talent on, on that defense in Logan Ryan and Jabril Peppers. They've got experience. So it's it's really, but it's going to be tough. I mean, Colt McCoy is, is what comes to mind. Game manager is what comes to my mind. Colt McCoy, sure, he's a game manager. You cannot be a game manager against a guy like Miles Garrett coming after you. You have to make quick, fast, decisive decisions. Do I think Colt McCoy can do that? Yeah, I do. I just, I, I don't know. And as far as the Giants marching Daniel Jones out there, uh, uh, you know, a couple callers pointed it out. You know, Seattle wasn't the important game. You know what I mean? I, I just don't, I think they were just rushed him back too soon. And that's why he's out this week. Hamstrings are funny. I had a hamstring too when I, when I played basketball in high school. It's a funny thing. It's a fickle injury. Fickle, good word, right? It's a fickle injury. This is going to linger. And so if it lingers, or when it lingers into the um, the upcoming weeks, even if the Giants come out with a win somehow uh, later tonight, it's it's going to be something that's going to be plaguing the Giants throughout the rest of the regular season and into the playoffs if they do make it, in, in fact, there. So, I don't know. Miles Garrett, though, he's coming off COVID, he, he's... he's well, not coming directly off, but he missed two weeks. He told you. He told you. This is a quote. I'm not sure how long it's going to take me to feel really 100% with my wind. I'm just trying not to guess out too early and trying to pace myself. So do the Giants catch a break? It's possible. And then the Knicks and Nets did pretty good in the, in the preseason. I know it's just preseason, but they did all right. Do you see the familiar face on the Nets broadcast? C.C. Sabathia. He's part of the media now. Look good in a suit. Look real good in the suit did okay, too, in the broadcast. I'm intrigued. intrigued. I'll tune back in. All right, so we'll take some of your calls after this quick, quick, quick break. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan, on the fan in New York City.
8: Join us tomorrow morning on Boomer and Geo. Did the Rams mercy rule the Jets? And how did the Giants do with a big test against Cleveland? What is the fallout of the aftermath of these two big games? We'll be here to discuss it. Boomer and Geo, 6 to 10 a.m. with the warm-up show with Alan Jerry, starting at 5 right here on The Fan.
1: Welcome back to McCartan After, after Midnight here. I'm trying to get to the part where they The show goes on, all right. Show goes on here tonight at 5.23 in the morning. I'm just trying to find highlights or something on TV here. Got all kinds of channels on here, radar. There's some weird things on in the morning at this time of morning. What show is this? That's not Spongebob, although it looks like it. I'm Danielle McCartan with you guys until 6 a.m. when uh when Bob Salter comes your way. Quick look. We have two minutes left on the poll from the beatboxing, everybody. Go ahead to uh, head to uh, atcoachmccartan on Twitter to cast your vote. Right now we have Brandon London leading, still leading, Daryl Ryder from 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. Appreciate both of them jumping on with me to to do that segment. Lots of good feedback from that segment too. Appreciate it, that, you guys. Um, it looks like it's a keeper, so we'll try it again next week. Yeah, we'll try it again next week. I don't know really if you guys want to hear Jets, I don't know if you really want to hear that, so maybe we'll go Giants again next week. We'll see. Um, and with that said, uh, you know, it's it's been a busy night. We've got some variety tonight. We've got calls from all over, California, Florida, uh, someone checking in on Twitter from L.A., and, of course, you guys, the local callers. I love you guys. Let's go back to the phones, 877-337-6666. Larry in Bayport. Thanks for hanging on there, Larry. You're on the fan.
4: No problem, Daniel. It's worth the wait.
1: <laughs> I appreciate
4: it. I... <laughs> uh, I got a couple of things. Yeah. It would be really quick. Sure. Do you think Notre Dame's still going to get in there? I mean, they got beat down. <laughs> it was bad. I Yeah, I I understand that.
1: I don't know. I mean. I don't know. I You know, I, it's, you don't know. I, I don't, I don't agree with the system, you know, how they do it. But I, in my opinion, if I were voting, I would say no.
4: Uh, yeah, but I don't like Ohio State getting in.
1: Well, you got the the hoopla around Justin Fields. Of course they're going to get in. You know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say yeah, here? Yeah,
4: cuz they're Ohio State. That's yes. why they're going to get in. Right. Exactly. But I do have to give you congratulations on that field goal <laughs> on the ice.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it I soaked through three pairs of socks, you know. To to get that done oh, really? there in the in the snow. Yeah, my plant foot kept slipping. I gotta try it on on a, on a good field, you know, a, a nice sunny day. I gotta try it again, see how far I can get it. But thank you. Know, you know,
4: the Jets need a field goal kicker.
1: Oh, uh, Fickins back though; he'll he'll be okay. They they released Castillo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been checking. Don't believe me. I got a Jets helmet at home and everything. I'm ready to go.
4: <laughs> um, and the Knicks fans, they gotta relax. I know.
1: Pump the brakes, a, Knicks fans.
4: A because I'm a diehard Knicks fan. Mm-hmm. A because I see it all over Facebook. They're going crazy. <laughs> a. It's preseason. Yeah. B, who are they playing?
1: Well, they were playing a Cavs team without like, I don't know, the star players. Kevin Love was on the bench. I know they I got gotcha.
4: you. Detroit and Cleveland. Gotcha. They're under five hundred team. hmm. Wait until their first three games this year. And then we could talk. I know. Um, Larry
1: though, but you gotta you gotta give him credit where credit's too. Emmanuel quickly, he looks uh, in charge. Awesome. Yeah.
4: I like him. I like him, and too. And I like Obi,
1: too. Oh, I love him. He's so exciting. When he's on the floor, like, you can't even look at your phone when he's on the floor. He's going to do something exciting. That's what the Knicks need.
4: Um, just two more things, yeah. and th- I'm done. If I want somebody in the foxhole, I'm picking Sam Donald.
1: What do you mean by that? He's always at his locker yes. answering questions. Yes.
4: No excuses, no nothing, and he doesn't throw nobody under the bus.
1: What a good teammate. I'm, I'm serious. I'm not, I'm not being facetious. What a good teammate he's been. That, this could be so bad for the Jets right now, you know, like in, in terms of like PR nightmare. Sam Darnold is such a good soldier. I wish him the best of luck. I mean, I, I will be a fan of Sam Darnold. It. I would lose it yeah. if Gates was my coach. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> I would too. And, 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 and um, head coach. And the said, last uh, thing is, uh, Irvin... Yeah.
4: Who's that? I cannot stand. He's a great player, but I think it's going to be trouble.
1: Oh, Kyrie Irving. Oh, I think you meant Michael Michael Irvin. I was like, what? Yeah, Kyrie Irving. Yeah, it's... I'm sorry. I should have said Kyrie. That's okay. No, you know what it is? In Brooklyn, they're playing with fire with him. Either this is going to really work out... He thinks he's too good for everybody. Yeah, well, he he seems like he's too good for the media, right?
4: They didn't want him in Boston and out here.
1: Yeah, well, I know. I don't know if that act plays out here. In New York, we'll see.
4: I don't think it's going to go good with him and Durant, but we'll see. You know,
1: you know, and, and t- Larry, thanks for the call. Yeah. you know what? Coming from uh, Larry, you are Knicks fan. I, I get that. Kyrie Irving is a good basketball player. He's a good player, and and when he and Durant, there was a point in the in the third quarter where it was him, Durant, Lavert, Harris, and Allen. They were all on the floor together. It looked fine. I mean, it looked fine. There were no ball hogs in the first half. I mean, Durant had 14 points in the first half. I mean, Irving only had nine. Lavert seven off the bench. So what I'm saying, what I'm trying to get at is like, yeah, I know it's preseason ball. It looked fine. And I know it's a long season. You know, it's many months. And I know, um, even with my own teams, when we, when we play together for three to four months at a time, people get on each other's nerves. You know, I'm sure I got on their nerves. They definitely got on mine and each other. So it's it's a weird dynamic, you know. I don't know how long it's going to last, you know. But, but but for right now, for the two games, or even just the one that I really paid attention to was the, you know, the other night, it looked fine. And then they had um, Irving do the, the post-game press conference. Or not the press conference, but the post-game uh, stand-up on on the sideline there. Hunky-dory, right? Um... I don't know, but having Kyrie Irving on this team, you saw the whole sage burning thing. I mean, when he said, when he explained it at the, after the game, he said, it's just sage from my native culture to cleanse. I think he said, cleanse the environment, make sure everyone stays safe, not just my teammates. I thought that was kind of nice. It's weird. It's definitely weird, but I thought it was kind of nice. I don't know. Let's go to Terry, Amenia, New York. Terry, you're on the fan.
12: Good morning. How are you? First of all, Merry Christmas.
1: You too. And a healthy, happy new
12: year Thank you to you and yours. You too. Second, before I get to my observation about Lundquist. Yes. Do you also teach in the classroom? I do, yes. What do you teach?
1: Italian. Italiano. I think you're wonderful. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it, Terry. You
12: definitely are Good for the classroom. (laughs) Thank you. Now, about Lundquist. Do you know who Rosa Poncel was? I don't. I can't say I do. She was one of the greatest opera singers of all time. I've I've been to the opera.
1: I'm I'm an opera fan, so I'm intrigued. Go ahead.
12: Yeah. Rosa Poncel, P-O-N-S-E-L-L-E. Look her up.
2: I am. I'm, I'm sure there's right now. a
12: lot of stuff mm-hmm. a lot of stuff on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I'm 72. Madame Ponzel and I shared a close mutual friend, and I once asked Francis about their retirement, and he told me he went to her immediately and said, "Rosa, why, why?" And the reply was. Francis, I want people to say, what? So soon, rather than thank God finally. Henrik Lundqvist has reached the thank God finally stage. I fervently hope that this marvelous player will retire. And if he does so now, and I say this as someone who is a survivor of major heart surgery. Mm -hmm. He will give himself many more years. He will be able to say, as very few players do nowadays, I played for only one team. Right, And then he can go on to a marvelous career as an analyst.
1: Agreed. Yeah, Terry. Mm -hmm. That's a great point there, Terry. Thank you. You know, obviously... What Hen- Henrik Lundqvist, um, 15 years as a ranger. I'm wearing a Lundqvist t-shirt right now. I mean, so 15 years as a ranger signs a one year only a one year deal with the Capitals. What was it, 1.5 million dollars, something like that? The guy's amassed 101 million dollars in his career, not even counting uh, his his endorsements, just as an NHL player. Um, you know, you got to reach a point where it's like, okay, what's more important, your health as an athlete or or your life? You know, and I think that's what he's trying to figure out. To me, the statement reads like a retirement statement without actually saying it. We shall see. I think he's going to retire. I think he's going to call it quits. As an analyst, he'd be great. Like you said, Terry, um, he's got other things he can do. And I, I interviewed him once, and he he was he was just great. I just I just loved him. He you know he's personable and polite and just nice and knows what he's talking about. So yes, I I totally agree with you. Uh, I think the R word we'll be hearing sooner rather than later from Henrik Lundqvist. You know, fortunately slash unfortunately, yes. Ed and Elizabeth. Ed, you're on the fan.
20: Good morning, Daniel. How are you doing? I'm
1: good. How are you doing?
20: Danielle, you're a graduate of Ramaphore College, right? I am. Well, I used to be an assistant basketball coach with Chucky e. McBreen in
1: 2015 to 2016. Oh, okay, no. I graduated in 2010, though, from there. So I'm, oh, I just missed okay. you. But I know who that is. Yes, McBreen. I'm, I, I know him.
20: Yeah. No, the reason for my phone call, I like to talk about DJ Lemayo. Yeah. Um, I don't know what Brian Cashman's thinking about. And uh, <laughs> it was funny. I was listening to Richard Near yesterday morning. And one of the things that they're talking about is that his launch angle and his exit velocity were lower than the year before. Who was talking about that? I don't care what happens with that. If you hit 360-something, you got to sign him. You know what I mean? Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, not even... The- just the fundamental shift that he brings to the plate versus, like, think about D.J. LeMahieu and a guy like Sanchez or Judge or Stanton. What What is the difference between the two? I mean, come on. It's, this is a no-brainer. I don't know what is taking the Yankees so long to make the move.
20: Well, I don't know because uh, it's amazing. Since two since they, they lost that uh, that tough World Series to the uh, Diamondbacks, they haven't really done nothing. And Brian Cashman has changed the outlook of the team of being uh, – like a, like a one pitch softball team and just go up and mash and all that yeah, stuff. I know. Instead of doing what they did in the past, where it was put the ball in play, make things happen, and all that. Yep. And I, I'll tell you, they're they're in trouble. I, I'm going to be honest, and I'm I'm a diehard Yankee fan. I wouldn't be surprised if there are a 500 team next year. Well, they don't they don't know what what to do now, even with the
6: pitching staff.
1: Yeah, it kind of seems like a team that's lost the identity, right? I mean, who's the number two starter? Who is it going to be? Um You know, what is their approach at the plate? I mean, what kind of players are they coveting? Guys like Gary Sanchez or guys like D.J. LeMay? Who are they prioritizing? I I agree with you. Yes. Yes.
20: I wouldn't let Gary Sanchez be a catcher on my travel team that I coach. I'm sorry.
1: I know. But here's the problem, though. You try to ship him off, what's he worth? He's worth nothing because he has a terrible season last year. So I think they're just keeping him. I hope that they're just keeping him around long enough to gain him back some value to ship him out for something else. You know?
20: You know what? Yeah, uh, I'll be honest. He stinks as a hitter now. He stinks as a catcher. You know what? And the, you can see the pitchers like pitcher the Kyle Gashioka. You, know, you don't need to go get T, uh, uh, JT Reamuto and spend a lot of money on him. No, get M- a solid catcher back there that can do the job. McCann, like, like, and, it, like and, Joe Girardi was. Yes, the Yankees had him before. They went to Jorge Posada, and
1: McCann was that guy. McCann was that guy, and the Mets went and scooped him up. I would have carried three catchers. I would have had Higashioka, McCann, and Sanchez on my roster. That's what I would have done, but the Yankees didn't no, no. didn't didn't do it. They, they look at Brian Cashman and and uh, what's his name, Aaron Boone. What they're saying about Gary Sanchez, they're making him the next coming. That he the, he's totally the Renaissance man. He's revitalized himself. Yeah, let's see.
20: Well, I'll tell you what, that that, that catching coach they hired is stink because I'm a former college baseball coach of 23 years. Mm-hmm. How do you put a catcher on his knees no, all I know. the time? You know, that doesn't make sense. I know, He has trouble blocking. Yes.
1: And, he, it's and ca-
20: he has trouble now throwing out runners.
1: I know. It's counterintuitive, though. It, I, I totally agree with you. However, when you look at a guy like Brian McCann, I saw this today. He credited having the one knee on the ground. Uh, to to boost him up into the 88th percentile of uh pitch framing so i i, I agree with you but i'm now I, now i'm totally intrigued why it worked for one catcher and not the other
20: well you know what's amazing you know because again i'm a high school umpire also yeah okay they're uh you guys see how many kids are on their knees and they do a poor job of framing and they've cost pitchers of course, pitcher strikes. You know when 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 the umpires are behind the plate. Oh, believe me, I, I had catch
1: her, too. She was like I coached softball too, and she, my God, it was terrible. She didn't, she couldn't block a ball. She couldn't, she couldn't use the chest protector to block a ball correctly. I worked with her every single day. She was just so stubborn, and she wouldn't do it. Yeah, I agree with you. Well,
20: but it, it's amazing how this game's changing. To be honest, the the, the older guys that that like the game of the past, they're just turning us away. I mean, when the MLB Network on Monday night has to has to have a, a show on. 20, 20 best bat flips in baseball this year. You know the game's going in a different direction.
1: Yeah, uh, and thanks for the call, there, Ed. A very good call. I hope you call again next time. Uh, the bat flip flips—they don't really bother me. I, I think, I think it preserves the, the game in a way, very funny way. It, like the game is still preserved, so I think this draws in the kids. The bat flips draw in the kids. I, I don't see. I'm like, I think I'm like in the middle of both generations here. I, while I like small ball. And, and I'm so against the launch angle crap, all that crap. But I like the bad flips. I, I like the storylines. The one thing I would say to improve baseball, and I don't know how they would get it done, I guess, but, you know, we I said this last week. When you watch the NBA draft, when you watch the WNBA draft, when you watch the NFL draft, those players, for the I mean, by and large, most of them, the majority of them, are playing in the league in the very next season. Baseball, you get drafted, and it's like eight years later, you finally break into the league if if you get there, you know? So I think that is something that should be addressed and looked at as far as, you know, revitalizing the game. I also don't like, you know, the game goes swimmingly up and through, like, the fifth inning, sixth inning, all the pitching changes, all the commercials. It's just, I'm an, I love baseball. I get distracted. I turn it off. I find something else to do. And then I come back to it in like the ninth inning. Those middle innings are killers. There's got to be a way to engage viewers on a second screen. That's my idea. Engage them on a second screen. Everybody has their phone in their hand when they're watching TV. Make it useful somehow. I don't know. I don't know how, you know, make it a game or something to play along with as you watch the broadcast. I have no idea. I I haven't really thought all the way, this all the way through, but that's just my idea. Those are a few ideas that I have. Um, I like the speeding up of the game. I mean, you watch a Yankees-Red Sox game. It's three hour, four hours and 30 minutes on, on a Sunday night baseball. I'm not staying up to watch that. I don't think many people are. I love when they start the games at 6 o'clock. You can actually watch the end of them. How's that for a suggestion? All right, so we'll take, we'll take more of your calls. 877-337-6666. How do you want to improve the game of baseball? Or is it broken? Maybe some people don't think it's broken at all. I'm Danielle McCartan with you on the fan till 6 a.m.
8: Hi, this is Bob Papa. Tonight at 820, we've got New York Giants football in prime time as they host the Cleveland Browns. And earlier in the day at 1 p.m., we'll bring you another important game that affects the Giants as the Washington football team hosts the Seattle Seahawks. It's a big Sunday doubleheader, and make sure you take us along for the ride here on Sports Radio 101.9 FM and Sports Radio 66, WFAN and WFAN-FM,
1: New York. Is this the remix of Let Me Clear My Throat? My dad loves that song. I'm Danielle McCartan here on The Fan with you guys until 6 a.m. Time is ticking. And uh, it's time to get aboard, 877-337-6666. This might be your last and final chance, everybody. It's NFL Week 15. We don't have many more weeks left, especially if you're a Jet fan. I realized during that short break there that I never gave you my Jets prediction. So um, I think uh, really quickly, Sam Darnold earlier in the week said Aaron Donald is a good player. I think it'll be fun playing against him. Maybe that's... (laughs) uh, Sam Darnold's famous last words, maybe, he's going to get killed. I mean, the Rams' defense allows the least amount of yards per game and passing yards per game. So how? It's twofold. One, the aforementioned Aaron Donald. The guy's a one-man wrecking crew, league high, 12.5 sacks, most sacks in the league and they've got shut down corner Jalen Ramsey. He's a three-time Pro Bowler. He's been in the league for four full seasons, not counting this season because the Pro Bowl- Bowlers have not been announced yet. By the way, uh, the last the voting closed for fans on, I think, Friday, and then the players and coaches got to vote on Saturday, so we should be hearing sometime this week about the Pro Bowl selections. Um, but here, here it is. Rams defense and offense to produce the league's number one yardage differential per game, so... The Jets are destined. In in other words, the Jets are destined for another long flight home from the West Coast in back-to-back weeks. There is no chance they're winning this game. Uh, I thought they were going to score a touchdown last week. I'll give them a touchdown this week. Rams twenty-eight, Jets ten. That's the Jets' prediction here. And number two, we've got the beatboxing final, the listener's choice. Maybe a drum roll, please. We got Brandon London was also he was my choice to win the, the beatboxing segment. You guys picked him as well, so congratulations, Brandon London. You were a sweep over Daryl Ryder from ninety-two through The Fan in Cleveland. So thank, thanks again to both of you guys. You, you did great. And then finally, the Giants and Browns, so many storylines. The Odell Beckham trade, who was the winner? You heard them debate it. Um, Freddie Kitchens is going to get his offensive play calling duties in Jason Garrett's absence. Freddie Kitchens obviously going against his former team in which he was the offensive coordinator and then a one-season head coach before he was fired. Lots of crossovers. The Colt McCoy was drafted by them, by the Browns. Jabril Peppers was drafted by them, the Browns. and Vernon. Olivia so Lots of crossovers, lots of stories in this game. My prediction I gave you earlier was uh, I hope I'm wrong. I-, I do hope that the Giants, um, you know, prove me wrong, but I-, I do believe that Cleveland is going to defeat the Giants 24-17. Crazier things have happened, especially under the bright lights of either you know, Sunday night football, Monday night football, Thursday. So anything can happen. You never know. All right. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six, Sparky in Dobbs Ferry. Sparky, you're on the fan.
6: Uh, first of all, Merry Christmas, Coach.
1: You too. <laughs> Thank you, you too.
6: And um well you mentioned just a second ago, I was gonna say football with Beckham, but I'll do that next week. Um, about how baseball could improve. Yeah. How about the guys just learning how to play the game? Because I think fundamentally the game is horrible. Because, I mean, now, with Seth, now at age 10, I had a little league coach, Hank Zaransky. He taught us at age 10 how to bunt, how to back up bases, how to throw the cutoff men. Mm -hmm. And it's something you just take for granted.
1: I know I teach my kids. I do. We do go over that. But I, I could see your point. Yeah, I could see it. But okay. I, don't, I don't know how that you know speeds up the game or gets kids involved, though. But well, it's you know, definitely as far as suggestion. speeding
6: up the game, I'm not. I Me, mean, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm like lost on some of that, and I'll admit it. I'm, you know. Yeah. Because I mean, look. Uh, now another thing. Um, a lot of times you'll see, like, if a team doesn't win at all, that great. Postseason accomplishments by a player are often forgotten. And that goes under two players for me with DJ LeMayu. He hit one of the most clutch homers you could have against the Astros in the ninth inning when that season would have been over. Oh, I know. And that was totally, funny. I mean, the coach what was ridiculous. We didn't even have five minutes to enjoy it.
1: I know, because then Jose Altuve hits, an, hits yeah. the walk off with the with the wire and don't take my shirt off. The whole thing, I know.
6: And you know, and also, I mentioned the other player in that situation, Indy Chavez with the Mets and against the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. That catch he made against the Cardinals up with Scott Rowland, that's the best catch I've ever seen. I
1: know, I know, heartbreaking. I know it's, it's heartbreaking. But as far as bringing DJ Lemayhu back, like I mean, what are they waiting for? Right? I mean, really? you
6: know, coach. That's something that's more confusing than anything, is isn't one of the prerequisites with the Yankees, if you're going to sign, is how you perform under pressure?
1: DJ exemplifies that, doesn't he? I mean,
6: and especially for the way they play. For Mr. Cashman, it was an opposite field homer, too.
2: Yep. Yep.
6: Oh, I remember. Boy, do I remember. Um, Now, as far as football... As a Jet fan, any of my fellow jet fans who don't want Lawrence, just take a look at today, the difference when he's not in the game I and know. when he is. Notre Dame is even competitive with him in the game. <laughs>
1: I know. I know. It was the, the night and day of without him and with him. The comparison is there is no comparison. I know.
6: Because the, th- the thing is that the Jets get him and they get a good coach. Yep. They can They. That situation can improve quickly because, I mean, look at the amount of draft picks they have and plus the cap room. Exactly.
1: Sparky, thanks for the call there. And, and you don't have to look any farther than the Giants opponent, Cleveland Browns. Same sort of thing. Winless to a lot of wins in, in how long? A two years maybe? You've got to get the right coach to coach the quarterback, and, and, and then it falls into place from there. That's how the NFL is built nowadays. Uh, a couple more. Al, uh, i sorry. Al in Connecticut. You're on the fan, Al.
24: Hey, Danielle. You just made me feel pretty damn old when you uh, played that song. Let me clear my throat. And you made a
1: comment <laughs> you know, about your father. <laughs> my- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. He, he does love that song. My dad listens back to this. So, Dad, they played your favorite song. <laughs> sorry.
24: Um, very quickly. Um, I mean, I don't know if this is a solution or speeds up the game or if this is even like a smart comment, but. Mm-hmm. Um, what about making the pitchers go six innings to get the win? Ah. And I say that I said that only because if you have two decent pitchers or two great pitchers in a pitcher's duel, you know they come out in the fifth inning. Or, and then the, the middle relief comes in, and, and if you have a poor middle relief...
1: Well, that's where it slows down, right. Yeah, I, the
24: floodgate, the floodgates open.
1: I know, Al, my mind immediately, as you were talking, my mind immediately went to what if there's two bad pitchers, and that game yeah, could end correct. up like 20 to 19, you know, on a final score. I, I don't know. I mean, it's a good yeah. suggestion. It's a good idea. It was well thought out. I just don't know if it would work. You know yeah, I, mean? I know. I
24: just, I just threw it out there. Yeah. But uh, as far as... Um, I'm a diehard Steelers fan and a bigger Bill Cowher fan, and mm-hmm. I love the guy. I mean, when I used to watch him coach the Steelers, I wanted to jump through the set and play for the guy because he's <laughs> a player's coach. Yes, and I would love nothing more than uh, the Jets getting him if he wanted to come out. But the only thing is the way he coached back with the Steelers
1: is not you know, the just- coaching methods of today, right?
24: Right, and I ha- and I have I have to learn because. I, uh, I I I coach uh, high school girls softball, and mm-hmm. I, I did. You know, I started 12 years ago, and mm-hmm. you know I had the cower mentality with these girls. You know I was like trying to motivate them. I
1: know it's not different.
24: Yet, not yell not yell at them, but motivate them, but right. in the yelling sense. Like the and, and the tougher kids got it. The yes. ones were sensitive. Then. I know. And every year up into the up until this date, I have to like chill out a little. I because you know now like parents call and you know it's like you're yelling at my kid and. <laughs>
1: Well, the good news is, Al, that uh, Eli Apple's gone out of the Giants, so they don't have to worry about his, his mom calling up. Uh, but look no farther than Joe Judge. I, I think it can work in, in today's NFL. Nelson in Brooklyn, you're on the fan?
25: Hey, what's up? Um, I just wanted to say um, that um, with the NFL, right, as far as all the leagues, but the officiating is, like, horrible. You see these guys, they cannot keep up with the players. They can't get the ball snapped in a quick huddle. Yeah. The guy's almost going to fall on the floor. And there's a lot of money involved. There's a lot of people watching. I mean, they're messing up calls. I just, I just, and it would also help with like um, the instant replay. I mean, I'm, you know, like um, to see the play over with the the thing. So I was just saying about the referees. I mean, they should really look into getting some qualified referees. Um, referees, maybe scout for some referees that can officiate, that can keep up. These guys are, are just washed up. And it's not not good for people that that really study the game or want to see some some great play, you know. Yeah, no. I just feel like the referees is part. It's like the foundation of the game, you know. Referee it, without a referee, you're just playing a pickup game. Yeah. why cannot they get some professional ref, like some qualified, not these, you know?
1: Yeah, like like full time referees. I got you, Nelson. Yes, and and my opinion always is referees should be seen and not heard. They should not impact outcomes of the game. Eddie, last call of the night, real quick. Eddie in the Bronx.
23: Hey hey real quick I just want to know um I don't I'm I'm probably going to get killed on this. And oh, no. I think uh, for, the, for the, the, the Giants fan um if you're going to keep Saquon Barkley yeah. to me it, to me at the point of no return. I think would because Dave Jones is not the guy, if you go out and get yourself a wide receiver. I think the it would do you think the Giants should go out and kick the tires on Matt Stafford? Because uh. You're at, the point, you're at the point of no return with Saquon Barkley. Yeah, and I know. You don't have the luxury of time.
1: I know. I got gotcha. you. So. I, I understand. I understand the question, Eddie. Uh, and I hate to do this to you, but this is like a quick answer here. Uh, short answer is no. And we could talk more about that because I'll be back on Wednesday, everybody. So thank you to all the callers. Sorry, Eddie, for that. Could not have done this without you. Love coming here, talking to you guys. Special thank you to the beatboxing contestants, Daryl Ryder from 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland, our sister station, Brandon London, Super Bowl winning Giants, player and Giants TV host now while you're there that was at 440 you go ahead and just rewind till 2 a.m. listen to the whole thing while you're at it great job to Nick behind the glass and also to Mike McCann on the updates a few times next week Wednesday morning into Thursday morning 2 to 6 handing off to Boomer and Geo Friday morning, I'll be on into Saturday, 2 to 6, and my regular Saturday into Sunday, 2 to 6. You know that Bob Salter is up next, everybody. In the meantime, you can hit my socials at Coach Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. Let's keep that conversation going, and I will see you guys on a weeknight into Thursday morning.
2: Sports Radio 1019 Affair!